Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podiman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Podbean, Stitcher, Double Twist. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a huge pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Sorry for the long delay. I seem to do this all the time. Like, the Super Bowl ends, and it's like, eh, you know, eh, you know. And then I get kind of caught in the grind with Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild, you know, Timberwolves and Minnesota Wild podcast. Do check them out. Uh, I get caught in the grind of that, and then it's like, yeah, <laughs> I better get my butt going here. It's State of the Vikings time, doggone it. And, of course, again, there were multiple shows after the Super Bowl with uh, additions and subtractions and this and that with head coach and general manager. So exciting times ahead. And State of the Vikings 2022 is upon us, the granddaddy of them all. It's showtime! So segment number one, we'll be putting a purple bow on the 2021 season. We'll be season in review, the season awards, the merits, this and that. And then uh, segment number two, we will talk about the future. It's the future now. Free agency. And look at the draft a little bit. This is not the draft preview. It is more or less, uh, you know, kind of like the preview of the preview, this and that. It's kind of like a off-season preview, off-season conversation, what directions we should go and what possible moves could happen, which there could be quite a few of. They're just not happening yet. And there have been some interesting moves going on. Of course, in segment number three, will be fan interaction. And we wrap things up with these annual awards. For Purple Mafia, the Gold Star of the Year, Bronze Star of the Year, Silver Star of the Year, of course, and two new Purple Mafia Hall of Famers will be inducted into the Purple Mafia Hall of Fame. So looking forward to that. We wrap the State of the Vikings up every year with that. Probably going to go with one or two a year from now on, obviously, because there's only so many people. It's not like a million people listen to this show and conversate with me every day. So eventually it's like everybody will be in it if I keep going too aggressively. So it's better if we slow down a little bit. The two very well-deserved members will be joining the Purple Mafia Hall of Fame this year. No question about that. <clears throat> and a lot of you that already have, you know, uh, <laughs> once again, congratulations to you. So with that, let's get on to the Purple Bow for the 2021 Minnesota Vikings. Of course, Minnesota Vikings finished the season 8-9 and nine in a 17-game season for the first time in NFL history. Green Bay won the division 13-4, and four, only to be knocked out much earlier than they were hoping for, and they will have Aaron Rodgers back. We'll talk about that some more in segment number two. Bears finished 6-11. and Detroit finishes 3-13-1, so they got to have that 16-game schedule, that familiar schedule mixed in with a tie. 16-game uh, record style, this and that. Minnesota Vikings finished 14th in points scored, 13th in yards per game, 10th in pass yards per game, 17th in rushing. Weird. Uh, rush yards, time of possession, 23rd. That's a big one. Interceptions, 10th. The Vikings at 16. Second in the NFL in sacks, despite having Daniel Hunter out of the mix for quite a while. So that's interesting. An interesting possibility looking to the uh, approach of the Minnesota Vikings, what we'll do with Daniel Hunter going forward. Hmm. Rushing yards against per game, 130.71, 26th in the league. Passing yards, 28th in the league at 252, just under 253. Let's just go with that. Why do we need to be so, like, down to a hundredth of a yard. That's a little too much. Total yards per, uh, total yards against per game, 30th. 30th. That sucks. Points against per game, 25.1. 24th in the National Football League. So the offense was uh, basically held back with a governor. Mediocre offensive coordinator. A coach that was too power-hungry and such. A guy who hates offense yet doesn't let the offense do what they can. 
Makes perfect sense, Mikey. Makes perfect sense. So that's why you're not the head coach of the Vikings anymore. Plain and simple. I mean, for me, that's enough right there. Uh, as Minnesota Vikings owner Joey Joseph Wood Paladino Joey Awajan, who also still would host Purple Mafia, by the way. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah, I'd have a few more listeners, I think. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it would be kind of funny. Uh, Mike, Mike, can, can you come into my office, please? And he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Mike, look at the talent on this offense. Just, just, just look at the talent in this offense. And then look at your specialty over here. Total yards against 30th. Passing yards, 28th. Rushing yards, 26th. Yes, I know Rick Spielman made mistakes. He's actually also been fired. I bet you didn't know that. He's actually already gone. See, so, so just so you know, Rick Spielman's gone as well. So don't worry. But you are holding back an offense that could probably be top five in the league. No matter what you think about Kirk Cousins, no matter what I, owner Joey Awajan, thinks about Kirk Cousins, we're kind of trying to get rid of him. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, but, uh, well, yeah, you can you can spread that around all you want. People will just say it's Mike Zimmer getting mad at the organization. Um, but, uh, yeah, we can't keep you as head coach if this is how you're going to approach things. So I don't expect you to change. And <laughs> you no matter how much you say you're going to, which you probably aren't anyway, um, adios, amigo. God bless you, and I appreciate what you brought to this team for the last eight years. Thank you very much. The last two years have not been pleasant. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I think you know the rest of the story, so on and so forth. And uh, let's get where we need to be. Uh, like I said, Minnesota Vikings finished 8-9 and nine on the season. Kirk Cousins threw for 420, uh, 42-21 in yardage. Beautiful numbers. Beautiful stats. 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Yes, I talk about it all the time. He uh, had 12 fumbles, but only two were lost. Quarterback rating 103.1. Great stats. Why would you want to trade him? You're a moron. Blah, 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 blah. But old box score himself isn't the best quarterback in the league. He's just not. And he's taking up too much cap space. So look at his backup, Sean Mannion. Wow. Great. And then Kellen Mond. Well, you see him every day, Mike Zimmer. You see him every day. Translation, I don't give a damn. Leave me alone. And he sucks anyway. That's basically what he's trying to tell us. Um, or that he sucked this year. He's not ready, basically. Maybe he didn't mean to say he sucks, but he's not ready. He sucks right now. He's not ready to play. Regardless. Well, I, I'd say the same thing about Sean Mannion. I see him every day. <laughs> I see him every day. He can complete a pass maybe maybe 15 yards down the field. Not saying that I'm any better <laughs> myself. I'm just saying he can complete a pass maybe 15 yards down the field. Occasionally, oh my God, a 20-yard gain. Holy crap. That was amazing. He actually had a couple of good passes, and then reality quickly set in after that, and it was, uh, wasn't was as good, you know, when it came to old Shawnee. Delvin Cook definitely had a bit of a drop-off year from the last year. Shocking. Just shocking that he'd have a drop-off after getting a huge contract extension. I'm so surprised that why that would happen. And, of course, I'm so surprised that he missed a few games, too. I'm stunned that he actually missed a couple of games. Can you believe that? Only six touchdowns rushing. Obviously, Delvin Cook, an extremely valuable guy, and he is on the list for most valuable player for the 2021 season. He is on the list. <laughs> you can probably guess. He, you can probably guess that uh, he may or may not have won. You could probably guess if he won or not. Three fumbles, only two lost, but uh, both of them very, very terrible moments, including very early in the season. It bleeped us real good. And then, of course, that made Mike Zimmer become even more of a turtle of an of a head coach. Yeah, turtle in terms of, I don't know, just hiding his head in his shell. Oh, we're not going to go for anything anymore, huh? No. So we're not going to kick because our kicker might miss. We're not going to run the ball because the running back might fumble. We're not going to throw it because the quarterback might throw an interception. 
why don't you just kneel down and say, we quit? I mean, that's basically where, where things were getting with Mike Zimmer. It got to be too much. Um, you know, I, you might, you know, when you walk outside today, you might fall on the ice because it's very slippery at times out there. How the snow melts and then it's super cold out, which it is. Right, you know, it's, it's still super cold. It's going to get a lot warmer. But there's a lot of ice everywhere right now. You might fall and hurt yourself. So don't walk. Just just uh, stay inside like an idiot all day, thumping around like certain people upstairs that don't do anything with their life. And uh, yeah, why don't you be one of those too while you're at it? Since we're going to be scared of everything under the sun. Oh, that's another story. We'll get back to football here. I apologize. Um, <laughs> it was a damn frustrating season. It should have been much better. Bottom line, should have been much better. Pardon me. I'm getting a little sweaty here just thinking about it. DJ Wanham led the club in sacks with eight Ocho sacks. Good job. Good job, DJ Wanham. More of a role player type of guy with a little bit of energy who can have some good moments. Some people look at him as a bit of a higher uh, possibility going forward. I'm not so sure. Kenny Nwangwu looks like the best uh, special teams ace the Minnesota Vikings have had since a guy named Cordero Patterson. And I think it'd be accurate. He ran for two touchdowns. Two this season. That's pretty good. Doesn't happen very often. Kendricks led the team in total tackles with 143. Thank you very much, Eric Kendricks. This could be that could be the last season he plays in Minnesota, unfortunately, because his cap hit's pretty big. We'll talk about that in segment numero dos. Cameron Bynum was a nice, solid surprise. Michael Pierce was he only played eight games. Let's leave it at that. I better shut up before I spoil the end of the segment here. Um, yeah, it is what it is. McKenzie Alexander, nice, solid return, but didn't stand out all that much. He didn't get any of his uh, cornerback blitzes in there. Cam Dantzler, what are you doing? Brashad Breeland was, wow. <laughs> you saw the games. Nick Vigil was solid, very good. Blobbity, blobbity, frickin' blah. Let's go over the games and such, if we humanly possible. The preseason sucked. It was scary. It was a nightmare, quite frankly. Indications all over the place that something wasn't right. That something wasn't right. Something wasn't right defensively. The offensive line was mediocre at best, except Ole Udo looked like, you know, the next Randall McDaniel for a minute. And then he wasn't. But let's digress back to where he needed to be. Uh, I was a bit worried. Dave Martin was worried. Sebastian Barton wasn't impressed. We could go on all day about all the people that listen to this show that know what they're talking about. And the host, I hope I know what I'm talking about after 30 years of, uh, you know, observing this team, studying it, and learning over the years. 30 years, yes. Um, and how many years uh, doing the show? 14 now. So that's a lot. In the podcasting world, I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> I'm a dinosaur. I'm not just a veteran. I'm a dinosaur. I'm ancient. Um, prehistoric level. Uh, yeah, 33 to 6. It's just, you know, you figure, okay, we didn't have this guy. We didn't have that guy. Yeah, but Denver didn't know he was playing everybody either. This and that. Uh, yes, it's preseason and who cares, this and that. The 99 Vikings, you could tell the Vikings secondary was terrible without, uh, you know, playing all the starters and this and that. You can, you can, you can tell. You can see indicators with where how things might go. 98 Vikings in the preseason were hurling the ball up to a guy that was war number 18. And this guy named Randall Cunningham, the backup who used to be a great quarterback for the Eagles, there was a pretty good chemistry with him and Moss in the preseason. Wouldn't that be something if those two guys got to play together? That'd be interesting. But hey, Brad Johnson's the starter. He's the main, he's the main guy, so hopefully they can get things together. And gosh darn it, they sure did in that Tampa game to open up the season. And then the poor guy busts his ankle. And then it's Cunningham time. And Vikings finished 15-1 and that year. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Um, unfortunately, same old Vikings when it came to the NFC title game, one way or another. But going back where we need to be, though, all the indications were in the wrong place. 
extremely frustrating, extremely depressing. And it's like, things don't look right here. And fans on Twitter start coming after you like we're the biggest idiots ever. What what morons you guys are. It's it's freaking preseason. What are you talking about? Yeah, oh, shut her all down. Oh, my God, we, we had a bad preseason game. Shut her all down. Nobody's saying shut her all down. First of all, you can't shut her all down. Why, why would you do that? You know, like, that, that just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist unless you're one of those people that wants to shut everything down and hide in your house all day. But uh, let's go back to where we need to be. <laughs> um, they weren't going to shut her all down anyway, and nobody was saying that. Nobody was saying the Vikings were going to finish 0-17. But it didn't look good. It didn't look promising. And at the time, it was the right thing to say. It was the right thing to do to tell you how you really feel about the situation, especially if you're doing a podcast. And especially if you're going to do a podcast and you're tweeting out your feelings during the course of the game, I don't think that makes you a bad fan. I don't think that makes you an ignorant fan. I think that makes you somebody observing what you're seeing and commenting, uh, observing something and making a comment about it, uh, giving out an observation for what you're seeing. And I'm sorry it's not all roses uh, and sunshine for the Minnesota Vikings going into the 2021 season. And it's sure the heck wasn't. Vikings had moments. We, were, we turned out, we turned out that it turned out that we lost, barely lost on the road to the future AFC champion. And if they could have protected a certain young quarterback, they might have named Joe playing in his second season. He would have been just like a certain Joe 40 years in the past, playing in his second season, winning a championship, playing against the Bengals. Oh, sorry for that tongue twister and all that mess there, that web of craziness, but uh, it would have ended up different. They might have been the future champions of football, <clears throat> but at that time, they clearly weren't ready to be a Super Bowl champion. There's no way. They were just getting started on the season, and the way the Vikings let that one go was really frustrating. Arizona ended up being a really, really good team for a while. They they hit a reality bump during the course of the season and were out in the first round, unfortunately. <clears throat> and the way, the way the Vikings lost that game, equally depressing. We had it won, and we lost. Um, and it's, again, we can talk about one play, one play, one play, one play. Then make the play. Then make the play. Otherwise, you're not a winner. You're not a winner. Tom Brady makes plays. Uh, kickers, good kickers, make make the kicks that they need to make. Uh, Greg Joseph was ever promising, but occasionally good kickers sometimes have crappy moments, crappy seasons. I kind of like Greg Joseph, but I didn't like that moment, and it was really frustrating. And, geez, we start 0-2 in the in a time when we had a really good chance to be 3-0 and and such going forward. Extremely heartbreaking to see Delvin Cook fumble versus Cincinnati in a 27-24 to loss to start the season 0-1. Equally frustrating to be playing so well <clears throat> and set this team up for a victory once again. We were basically marching down the field ready to kick a game-winning field goal and Greg Joseph misses it. Much to our chagrin and heartbreak. But again, that's sports, unfortunately. That is sports. Uh, <laughs> it, it really is. A.J. Green, the ever-ancient one from Cincinnati years ago, had 44 yards on three catches. K.J. Osborne, a bit of a breakout game and a bit of a breakout season for the young man. 91 yards and a touchdown. It was so nice to see K.J. Osborne become born in this game. He was born, basically, in this one. <laughs> Delvin Cook, 131 yards on the ground. See, Cousins didn't turn the ball over, and that's wonderful and amazing, but at the end of the day, we still didn't win the game. And you can't lay the ray of the blame on Cousins for that one. I get it. It's just sometimes guys make the big plays that you need. And the fumble ended up being frustrating. And then Cincinnati ended up marching down the field with the best kicker probably in the world right now, Evan McPherson, hitting a 38-yarder. 
Oh, Evan McPherson. It's too bad. Too bad they didn't get the ball. Uh, too bad they didn't get a chance for Evan McPherson to win the Super Bowl, but it's just the way it was, unfortunately. Ever heartbreaking. He's a great kicker, isn't he? Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow. Yep. <laughs> that one still stings a bit. I, I just, I don't like L.A. this or L.A. that. I don't. I just don't like L.A. right now. Um, and uh, would have been such a such a wonderful thing to see a franchise that's never won a Super Bowl get the job done. But I guess we don't have to chalk them up as another team to beat us to their first Super Bowl after being heartbroken as well over the years. Vikings with a comfortable win over a Seattle team. <clears throat> I was talking about the Vikings finally beat Leviathan because I was thinking about the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken, so I just had fun with that. Um, <clears throat> finally beat a team that had owned us forever, but we finally got to play them at home again in you know U.S. Bank Stadium for the first time, actually. It was always on the road, always. Uh, Kirk Cousins and co. get the job done. Alexander Madison was the star running back in the game because, again, no Delvin Cook. He ended up getting the job done uh, nicely against a terrible run defense in Seattle. And the Vikings win comfortably 30-17, to 1-2 and two on the season. Cleveland comes to town. We figure, yeah, this is not going to be an easy game. I don't remember picking the Vikings to win. In fact, I don't think I did. With all those wonderful weapons over in uh, <laughs> Cleveland, seeing that name Odell Beckham Jr. on Cleveland, little did we know where he would be and what would happen. It's just crazy to imagine all that. Uh, Nick Chubb ran through the Vikings as much as he wanted. Kareem Hunt ran through the Vikings as much as he wanted. The Vikings' run defense was horse crap. They give up 185 yards on the ground and about five yards of about five yards a run in the game. Terrible, uh, terrible performance by the Vikings run defense. We ended up losing seven, uh, 14 to seven in the game. Vikings offense couldn't do jack believe. Cousins was mediocre to below average. Delvin Cook was playing hurt and he stunk. Uh, Alexander Madison averaged two yards a carry on 10 carries. He stunk. Greg Joseph made an extra point. That's it. That's it. Um, Everson Griffin and Neil Hunter both getting sacks in the game, but overall an extremely frustrating day. And the Minnesota Vikings end up starting out the season one and three. Shades of Kirk, uh, excuse me, what was his name? Christian Ponder and the Vikings opening up the season 0 and 3 back in uh, 2013. It's kind of shades of that when it's like, yeah, we're not going to be good this year. It's like obvious. Then we win two games in a row and it felt like a million dollars. Kirk Tober was being Kirk Tober again. We beat Detroit. We beat Detroit when Detroit had us beat. We, we beat Detroit, man. We beat the Detroit Lions. Yes. Greg Joseph. We were actually losing the whole game. Vikings were going to lose. And Kirkie McClutchich and drove the Vikings down the field with just seconds left. And Greg Joseph with a 54-yarder. Totally redeemed himself. For going from barely or going from lo losing to the uh, Arizona Cardinals on the road to beating Detroit. Detroit in U.S. Bank Stadium. Well, we beat Detroit in U.S. Bank Stadium, at least. At least we won. And then Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer had one of the most awkward moments I've ever seen between a coach and a quarterback on a game-winning play, a game-winning moment. I have never seen anything like it. Kirkie McClutchiton, as uh, Phil Mackey calls him, <laughs> punched Zimmer in the stomach, kind of like, yeah, like in a stand celebratory fashion. Zimmer looked like he was ready to murder the man with his bare hands. Like, uh, he looked like Nebuchadnezzar or something, like when he went nuts in the Bible. Okay, I'm just messing around. But he looked like uh, like a Klingon, maybe. It's more more uh, something maybe you guys might understand a little bit. Uh, going after a, a, a Romulan. That's what it looked like. A Klingon going after a Romulan who just punched a Klingon in the stomach. I don't think it would go over well. I don't think... Just, just, uh, let, let's just try it. Yeah, 
Let's just see what happens if you're a Romulan. Go ahead and go and punch a Klingon in the stomach and see what happens. That's pretty much what it looked like. But the Vikings won, though. But we won. We won. So shut up. Shut up, all you haters. <laughs> Detroit drops to 0-5. Oh, and a very emotional, uh, whatever his name is, Dan Campbell on the sidelines or after the game. Oh, I actually felt bad for him. I like him. I like him. Um, but Detroit would uh, get revenge later in the season. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Let's talk about Carolina, though. Sam Donald sucks, but he just might be the future Viking quarterback for a moment. If that means getting rid of Kirk Cousins, I'm okay with that. If that means, uh, you know, Sam Donald kind of holds it down the fort, sort of. Yeah, he holds down the fort as good as, I guess, Sam Darnold can until the uh, future starter takes over in the next two to three years, yeah, even if it's Kellen Mond, which I doubt. Um, <laughs> at least he can run a little bit, though he did lose a fumble in the game, too. Sam Darnold just says Sam Turnover. Sam Darn it, because he's just doggone it, cursity curse, G Dern this and Gull Dern that. Turns the ball over way too much, and he can't complete a pass for his life. 17 of 41, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> okay. Okay, that's nice. Delvin Cook ripped up this club. Kirk Cousins was great in the game. It was a very entertaining game. If you like to see the Vikings offense show up and have a nice day. Uh, Adam Thielen, breakout game after being relatively quiet. And he's just been off injured the last couple of years here, which could spell Adam Thielen's exit uh, from the Vikings in this offseason. 126 yards. But K.J. Osborne was K.J. Clutch, making the big touchdown to help the Vikings escape. North Carolina with a victory in OT. Another annoying, stupid overtime game, but Kirk Cousins drove the team down the field with K.J. Osborne making a 27-yard catch on the side of the end zone there. A sideline type of catch. And the Vikings win the game and celebrate in cute fashion. I guess we were able to get past Detroit and Carolina, two wonderful football teams, and now Yahoo just completely died on me. Wow. Isn't that just great? Don't you love when stuff like that happens? It's, it's wonderful. Thanks, Yahoo. You're just great. Appreciate it. Thank God I have like a backup plan, I guess. Sort of. Kind of. <laughs> Minnesota played the Dallas Cowboys after bye week on Halloween night. And it was a beautiful evening. People had their little, uh, people had fires going in their little, uh, <clears throat> fire pits in their backyards, the front yards. They're this yards, they're that yards, whatever that was beautiful fall night. Absolutely gorgeous. And I bought this cute little purple cupcake that said boo on it. And it was just so perfect. Purple. Minnesota Vikings playing on Halloween night. And then the boo part. Is that a ghost or is that something Minnesota Viking fans are going to be saying during the game and after the game? It was something the Minnesota Viking fans were going to say during the game and after the game because somebody named Cooper, not Gary Cooper, but it might as well have been Gary Cooper. I think Gary Cooper was about as good a quarterback. But uh, this this Cooper guy ends up beating the Vikings. Not Cooper Cup either, by the way. No, no, not not, not Cooper Cup. He did his job later on, basically in every big moment during the rest of the season, all the way to a world championship, unfortunately, because I don't like the Rams that much. Except the, except the offensive coordinator, I like him a little bit. I like him a little bit, only because he's wearing purple now. That's the only reason. Damn it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now, good job. Good job, Kevin O'Connell. Hopefully he can do it here. Um, but the Dallas lose to... Or the Dallas. The Vikings lose to the Dallas Cowboys in disgusting fashion. Kirk Cousins was Kirk crap. He was terrible. Absolutely terrible. It was like his worst game ever. Ugh. And the Vikings couldn't do anything. 
engineers are resolving the issue. Yeah, sure they are. Sure they are. They're probably at home watching college basketball or God knows what. You know, staring at the sky, pretending to be busy. Anyhow, that's just how I look at that. Enge engineers. Engineers? Okay. <laughs> engineers, huh? <laughs> some some geek with a laptop? Okay, I guess that's an engineer nowadays. Yay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Vikings lost to the Cowboys in disgusting fashion on Halloween night. Once again, crapping all over yet another holiday. Regardless if you think Halloween's a holiday or not, it technically is, I guess. And um, <laughs> the Vikings lost again on a, on, a, on a holiday. It was nice when we used to actually win on Thanksgiving or something, and the Vikings had the best record in football. Remember those days? Circa 98, beating the Cowboys in crazy fashion. Let's move on. Entertaining back-and-forth game with Baltimore. Some funny, funny, funny lines in this game from Paul Allen, especially <laughs> for the Vikings. You know, we're trying to drive down the field, trying to get something going, trying to, trying to get into position to win the game <clears throat> down the stretch. And there's too many men on the field. <laughs> and then uh, you hear this from Paul Allen. Oh, what? Come on! Oh, what a gem. What an absolute gem. I, it's just, I, yeah. That's how I was feeling when I heard that. Come, come, come on! Yeah, pretty much. Then we play the Chargers again. Somehow we beat them because they're struggling. They're not so good and they're turning the ball over. I'm afraid to press anything because, yeah, shoot. I'm kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. I apologize for the situation at the moment. All right. Thank God for backup plans. I apologize for this. So, yep, uh, Justin Herbert did not have one of his better games. Kirk Cousins is very solid down the stretch. The one guy that really stood out more than anyone else was Justin Jefferson with 143 yards and nine catches. Just absolutely exploded. And the Vikings were in good position down the stretch. Ended up winning the game 27-20 to to head in a slightly better direction with a 4-5 and record, dropping the Chargers down to 5-4. and after a very strong start to the season, Chargers suddenly were dropping off a little bit. And, oh well, too bad for them, I guess. Then the Vikings host the Green Bay Packers and win the game in exciting as bleep fashion to get to 500. Packers dropped their third game of the season. It would be their second last loss of the season until they ended up losing to San Francisco. Vikings move up to 500, baby. 500. Kirk Cousins, another great game. See, the numbers are always great. Aaron Rodgers had unbelievable numbers. But the Minnesota Vikings took care of business against the Green Bay defense. That just wasn't good. Basically, bottom line, Rodgers had great numbers, generally speaking. He didn't have the greatest game of his life, but he certainly was playing extremely well. Uh, and, and it helped with some of those catches and poor defense down the stretch, which ended up hurting the Vikings in a big way. Um, yeah, Valdez Scanting, that 75-yard pass, that definitely helped boost Aaron Rodgers' numbers. Valdez Scanting with a catch and scamper for uh, 75 yards, that certainly helped Green Bay's cause and ended up tying the game up, which a lot of people thought the Vikings were going to end up losing. And then Greg Joseph ended up winning the game with a field goal. Made us feel freaking awesome, and we beat the Packers and we're back to 500. Okay, maybe we'll maybe we'll be all right. We'll recover from some of those awful, painful losses during the course of the season. Now we'll head to the team that ended up knocking the Packers out. Little did we know. Well, we kind of figured there was a possibility. But if you're going to make the playoffs this season. This is the team you got to get past in order to make make it a, a comfortable thing. Like, if there's going to be a, a good chance the Vikings make the playoffs here if we can get past San Francisco. But the Vikings never beat San Francisco, especially in San Francisco, except for 1987. Or, well, you know, January 88. But the 87 season. 
that's about it. We pretty much never beat San Francisco, ever. Only in in uh, Minnesota, like Metrodome or whatever, and when they were really bad. Or when Brett Favre hurls one to uh, whatever that guy's name was. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> the guy that made the great catch. Uh, and, of course, Favre was able to find him in a miracle fashion and led the Vikings to victory. And that was a good 49ers team, an improving one. And that's when you knew the Vikings were on our way to something special. Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk was on fire, as PA would say. He had a great game, 91 yards receiving. Mitchell was unbelievable, though. It wasn't Ayuk being great as much as it was the Vikings' run defense being pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Uh, The 49ers ran whenever they wanted to and tore the Vikings a new one time and time and time and time and time and time again. That's why the Vikings' run defense finished, you know, horrendous. San Francisco went from a team that was pretty much dead and gone to 6-5 and five and in position to make the playoffs. Vikings dropped back to 5-6 and six after a nice cute two-game win streak and are back to saying, okay, now what? We lost the ref and we lost the race. Help. <laughs> like Charlie Brown. But we're going to go to Detroit. Everything's going to be fine. It's the Detroit Lions. We had that weird hiccup in UX Bank Stadium earlier in the season. We're going to make up for it. We're going to kill Detroit today. 41-17. to 17. We're going to crush these bastards. Detroit, they're, they're, they're winless. We're going to beat Detroit today. Just stop it. Just stop. We're going to beat Detroit. No, we're not. No, we're not, because we're not serious. That's why we're not going to beat Detroit, because we're not serious. Justin Jefferson, spectacular numbers. Kirk Cousins, spectacular numbers. 75% completion. couple touchdowns. 182 yards for Justin Jefferson. Still not enough, because you still got to make a bleeping stop when it matters. And you didn't. That's the problem. You just didn't. You, 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 just, you just didn't. Complete bullcrap. Absolute garbage. And you're blowing on the two-point conversion attempts as well, which was cute and everything. But um, why do you even... I don't know. I guess. Yeah, because I want to put the Vikings up by six, which is two field goals. Okay, I, I guess I get it. No, no, I get it to a point. Um, to a point. But the Vikings still <laughs> may end up losing anyway, one way or another. Uh, then the thing goes to the final drive of the game. Final drive of the game. Jerichoff keeps moving the team down the field. Detroit, the Vikings knock the ball away, but knocking the ball away. One last attempt with no time left on the clock. Caught, touchdown Detroit, and they win the game on the final play. A walk-off victory for the Detroit Lions. No extra point needed. Detroit wins 29-27. to oh, Lions win their first game with Dan Campbell. They jump up to 1-10-1 after tying with Pittsburgh several weeks earlier. And they get their first win of the season. Vikings drop to 5-7. And, and the Fire Zimmer, uh, Fire Zimmer Marauders, like myself, were in full force after this game because, uh, well, yeah, that's it. If you're known for defense and you can't stop Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions in a winless season, the hell with you. You're not a coach. Adios, amigo. And yes, I know the personnel stunk. Uh, because the, the the GM didn't, you know, the GM wasn't so good, and the GM and the owner helped put Kirk Cousins in place, and Kirk Cousins himself, with his ridiculous contract, didn't help either. That's why they got to get rid of him. Not because he's a bad quarterback, but because it's too much. It's too much. Vikings were still alive, though, even with seven losses, we're still alive. We were crushing the Steelers like no tomorrow. It was just like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And the Vikings almost lost the game. <laughs> the Vikings almost lost this game. I'm still stunned that the Vikings were able to escape this thing. It was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Scary. Uh, Vikings were absolutely 
obliterating the Pittsburgh Steelers. It would have been the greatest regular season comeback in NFL history because the other, you know, the greatest comeback of all time was 32 to uh, 35, 35 to three. Pardon me, Buffalo versus Houston, 1992, in the wild card round, if I remember correctly, or was it divisional? Pretty sure it was wild card, if I remember correctly, back in '92. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was wild card. Yep, way back in the day, good old '92. Buffalo would then go back to the Super Bowl only to get absolutely humiliated by the freaking ugly, nasty, stupid Cowboys, which I was really excited about. I was so happy the Cowboys won that game. Let me tell you. Oh, I was just so happy. Woohoo. Um, Vikings led 29 to nothing over Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger was washed up. He sucks. He's done. This Pittsburgh team is, like, not for real. They're, they're not serious. They're just jokers. They stink. You know, they're like a 500... They're a 500 team that almost lost to Detroit... Their team that should probably have like one or two wins on the season, you know, but they had their cute little moments. Oh, and then they remembered how to play. You know, Ben Roethlisberger started completing everything. Vikings defense started falling off the face of the earth like it's known to do. Uh, Bashar Breeland falls in beautiful fashion, just gorgeous fashion, to help the Steelers get right back in the game. That was on the Pat Freremoth touchdown. Um, ultimately, that put the Steelers in great position. Bashar Breeland falls falls. <laughs> and I believe he was cut after this game, if I remember correctly, if I'm getting the timing right. But uh, he falls. Touchdown. The fans were booing the crap out of him. <sighs> the Steelers get with an 8 on the 2-point conversion. Steelers then drive down the field with ease after the Vikings offense sputters once again. Completely sputters. Steelers March down the field. Ben Roethlisberger has his team in incredible, uh, marching down the field in an incredible fashion. Had us all like, oh boy. And again, this is after a 62-yard uh, completion to K.J. Osborne, this spectacular youngster. K.J. Osborne making a great play in his second year there. Uh, big, big-time play to put the Vikings up by 16 again. Finally, the Vikings did something in the fourth quarter. And it felt good for a moment there. But then again, again, the, uh, the Fairmouth touchdown and multiple opportunities for Pittsburgh to win it. The ball knocked away at the last second. Oh, the Vikings escape a miracle. An absolute miracle. Uh, on a play that looked like it was going to be a touchdown for Pittsburgh. Ended up winning the game by basically a fingernail. 36-28. to Because you just know if Pittsburgh scores a touchdown, they're going to make the two-point conversion. <laughs> Most likely. But they denied the last play pass in the end zone. And my goodness, man. Oh. Vikings barely escaped a 29, <laughs> escaped in a game where they were leading by 29 points. Unbelievable. But um, that was an interesting, interesting night. Thursday night football against the Steelers. Fun. It was a fun game in terms of the historic fashion of it, I suppose. Chicago Bears game, not a whole lot to say about this one. 17-9 against the Bears team that was just done, like they'd quit. And Khalil Mack is on his way to San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. I apologize for my stupidity there. Um, Vikings were just kind of Kind of, sort of playing. Nothing too great, though. Kirk Cousins wasn't good either. Justin Fields wasn't good. Neither quarterback was all that spectacular in the game, to be quite fair. Bears defense was kind of doing something. Vikings ended up winning 17-9. to Justin Fields was okay. In fact, he was actually a little bit better than Kirk Cousins in some ways. Uh, Vikings offense couldn't do squat against this defense of Chicago. But the Bears offense was just as bad. So it is what it is. Vikings ended up escaping 17-9. to 
to pretend like we're still alive. We get back to 500. And that would be... What am I looking at? I'm going backwards. No, I'm not. I'm not going backwards. The whole thing just got missed. The whole thing is all weird. Vikings then play the Rams. Like, again, you want to be serious about making the playoffs. you got to beat a really good team now. You you have to win this game. You're at home. you got an opportunity. And then Matthew Stafford looks like a disaster out there. He looks like Kirk Cousins on crack. Like, forcing plays. Three interceptions in the game. Absolute disaster. The Vikings should be able to take care of business. And we sputter when it matters most. Kirk Cousins can't make the plays he needs to. Vikings offense can't get the job done. The Vikings defense can't get the job done. And we end up losing to our future offensive... Uh, we end up losing to our future head coach, offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, as the Rams would do what they did in the playoffs and get the job done late when it matters most. Odell Beckham putting the, the Rams up 27-13. to 13. Vikings offense couldn't do squat when it mattered most. Sure, some numbers were there, but generally speaking, not really. Vikings run, run, running game just could not get going at all against that incredible Los Angeles Rams defensive line, which again tells you how valuable a good defensive line is. I mean, how many times does a defensive line end up winning a Super Bowl? Like, a, a great defensive line being a huge part of winning a Super Bowl. Tampa Bay's defensive line was spectacular during the Brady during, during the Brady year when they won their Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Um, in fact, former Rams on that team, Dominican Sue, who were playing against Tom Brady and kept that Patriots offense in check for most of the game, except for finally something got going. And then Belichick's defense was even better Jared Goff was uh, exposed to being a mediocre to below average quarterback. And Sean McVay was put in his place as well, temporarily, <laughs> at least for one year. Well, a couple more years. It was a wait. But now McVay's a champ, so nothing more I could say about that anymore. Love him, hate him. He's a world champion coach, so whatever. Vikings then, after that loss, things are pretty much dead and gone. Mike Zimmer is what he is, and everybody on the planet knew when the Green Bay Packers crushed the Vikings in Lambeau Field, 37-10, to putting the Vikings at 7-9 and on the season, which means adios, bye-bye, you're not making the playoffs. 13-3 um, and Green Bay Packers at home, perfect record. The whole planet knew that uh, it was all over. The whole planet knew Zimmer was done. Zimmer knew he was done. This is where the famous line came, where they asked him, Did, why didn't you put Kellen Mann out there? I mean, it's why not? And, he, and are you going to give Kellen or are you going to give Kellen Mann a look next week? And he said, I. He said not particularly. Are you considering that not particularly? And they say, why not? I see him every day, so that was always great. Sean Manning was the current quarterback. It was also kind of like again, why didn't you want to let Kellen Mond do anything? Why didn't you leave him in there? Mond was in there for a minute, and then Zimmer said, uh, I see him every day. So, thirty-seven to ten. Everybody on the planet knew Mike Zimmer was coaching his final game next week against the Bears, the Vikings get the job done, which they usually do against the Bears in the final game of the season. Kirk Cousins played, oh, isn't that great? Kirk Cousins played, everybody played fairly well for Minnesota, and we finally beat the Red Rifle, who actually tortured, or not tortured, but beaten the Vikings with the Cowboys and the Cincinnati Bengals um, in, in the past. Actually has a pretty good record against the Vikings and Andy Dalton, but the Vikings escaped with a 31-17 to win to woohoo, chase mediocrity one more time, get a slightly lower draft pick, and, uh, well, finish with a near 500 record, which uh, Zimmer and Cousins have pretty much averaged throughout their career. Zimmer had some great seasons, but not this year, and not the last the year, and even worse, the year before. He would not survive this time. 
You will not survive. Please, okay, please make your time. Ha, ha, ha. All your base are belong to us. That's pretty much what happened to Mike Zimmer <laughs> at the end of the day. But luckily, ownership wasn't done. They fired the general manager as well. And now here we are with Quasi, not Quasi, Quasi, Adolfo Mensa, and Mr. Kevin O'Connell as head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Here we go. Eric Zuckerman is no longer the trainer for the Minnesota Vikings, so very, very, very interesting there. No more Eric Zuckerman after being here since uh, the Brad Childress days. So pretty crazy. 16 years, no more Eric Zuckerman. So Vikings definitely making a clean sweep of changes. If they're making changes of people like that, you got to think they're going to be making changes of other people moving forward. We'll talk about that in segment number two, along the likes of Adam Thiel and Eric Kendricks, guys like that. Their days are probably numbered uh, one way or another. If it's this year or next year, they will not be on the Vikings for very long, and they will probably not be uh, donning rings on their fingers with the Viking logo on it. So if the Vikings win a Super Bowl with this group, it probably won't involve those players. It, it is what it is, and it probably won't involve a certain Kirky McClutchiton either, uh, regardless regardless if he's clutch or not and his numbers are spectacular regardless regardless you can complain all we want uh, about the players around Kirky McClutchiton you can complain about the defense but when you're taking up the salary cap to the level he does it's not going to help your franchise it just it just doesn't happen quite frankly so let's get to the rewards for the regular season it's time since there was no playoffs obviously Minnesota Vikings uh, 2021 season MVP. This is the fan voting on Twitter. So I, so I put the votes for the most valuable player. I put polls for each of them. It involves four different players in both in, in all the different cases because it, uh, you can only do up to four on Twitter, which is fine. You don't need 19 people. So <clears throat> I was able to do this, and we'll hear from you in the third segment, those of you that comment in on Facebook. So it's a fun way to do it. At least get a poll going. I even offered people to say something, but nobody did say anything. They just wanted to vote. So the most valuable player for the Minnesota Vikings, according to Twitter fans uh, of Purple Mafia, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, the four candidates were Delvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, Eric Kendricks, and Justin Jefferson. The winner for MVP 2021, according to the Twitter group, is... Justin Jefferson, 61%. Eric Hendricks, 15.4. Kirk Cousins, 15.4. Delvin Cook, 7.7. Justin Jefferson wins in a landslide. I agree. Justin Jefferson is your most valuable player for the 2021 Minnesota Vikings season. Where's the biggest disappointment? What happened? Am I losing my mind? I think I am. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, yeah. Biggest disappointment, biggest surprise. Let's go with the biggest disappointment first. State of the Vikings. So your candidates for biggest disappointment of the season. Wyatt Davis, Bashad Breland, Michael Pierce, Garrett Bradbury. And the winner is Wyatt Davis. 38.5%. Second place, Michael Pierce. Very, very strong showing. He was winning most of the way. Bashad Breland got a ton of votes. 23.1. And Garrett Bradbury, only 7.7. .7. Kind of surprised. But hey, those other guys were awfully disappointing. In some ways, Bashad Breeland wasn't supposed to be much of anything. He was kind of a free agent, last-minute pickup. Like, oh, boy, we need a cornerback. Let's let's go. Where Wyatt Davis didn't even play a snap, and he showed up, and I don't know. I don't know what the heck happened. Michael Pierce, extremely disappointing. Why would you bring Michael Pierce back? You can, you cannot count on Michael Pierce, so I just I wouldn't even consider it. Wyatt Davis, hopefully. Hopefully Wyatt Davis can get things going. Biggest surprise. Biggest surprise for the 2021 season, and I agree with the Wyatt Davis selection. I was kind of going back and forth with Bradbury and Pierce. Uh, 
I'll, I'll go with, I mean, I'll agree with the fan base on this one, Wyatt Davis. So I'm actually going to end up agreeing with these at the end of the day. Um, extremely disappointing uh, to see Wyatt Davis not even get a snap on that. We could have really used his help. Michael Pierce, though, for active players, Michael Pierce, easy choice for me, for active players, if you want to go in that direction. Biggest surprise, the candidates are Greg Joseph, which got no votes, so I'll just leave it at that. Tyler Conklin, who was a pretty nice surprise. Cameron Bynum was wonderful. K.J. Osborne had a great season. Great season. Looks like a real wide receiver. The winner is K.J. Osborne in the landslide. 50%. Cameron Bynum, 20%. Uh, excuse me, Tyler Conklin, second, with 30%. Then Bynum, 20 and 0 going to Greg Joseph. 0. I probably shouldn't have put his name there, and I apologize. That was a stupid choice. But there wasn't a whole lot of surprises for this team. And I don't want to list coaches necessarily for disappointment either because Zimmer would have gotten it in a landslide. Or say if I put Spielman getting fired, he might have gotten in a landslide. So, whatever. Um, I agree with all the choices. K.J. Osborne, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful surprise. So, there you go. Justin Jefferson, easiest choice ever. Still ongoing conversation. About, debating about the background for the new Purple Mafia logo. I've been just kind of screwing around and, you know, it's there's no real rush to put out the new logo as long as it's up by next season, but I'll, I'll probably have it up way before that, but I'm just saying, for me, that's like the deadline. Absolutely needs to be up before 2022 starts. Uh, we'll have a new logo for Purple Mafia up there, but more than likely, you've, you've been looking at it one way or another, and that's why uh, me and Sebastian want to make some changes. So Sebastian definitely doing a wonderful job. Uh, I put a poll up about uh, what should the new color be. What what should the color of the background be? Black got 0%, but it got two votes on Facebook. So, you know, okay. A purple got 37.5. White got 37.5. And yellow got 25%. So purple and white apparently are like the leading candidates for it now. Generally, I would lean towards purple. But for some strange reason, the shade, it changes the whole shading of the uh, image. I don't know why it does that. Where the other colors don't do that. For some reason, purple does. If there was a way to eliminate that, in case Sebastian's listening, that would, for me, it'd be an easy choice. Purple wins, but I'm pretty sure Sebastian actually picked white. I don't like white because when you open up Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, stuff like that, it blends into the background, so the logo looks tiny. That's why I don't like white. Otherwise, I'd be totally fine with it. Now, I generally have my Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts in dark, so it looks better. So if there is white logos, like some logos are. Timberwolves Explosion has a lot of white in it in the background. Sinbin, that's the you know, Vegas Golden Knights podcast. Uh, KFN's, uh, the regular KFN Wild on Demand. John Krasinski's show. Wow, worst seats in the house. There's, there's white in those backgrounds. So maybe we will go that way. What the heck? There, uh, Especially if we can add some kind of a border to it. That way it doesn't look so 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 odd, this and that. But it also blends into the background on uh, Twitter at times, which I don't like. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll wind up going with that one. Um, but purple and white are the lead candidates. Looks like we're down to that. I put in yellow for the heck of it because that's the other Vikings color, purple and gold. So what the heck. Uh, but those are the awards and demerits for this season. That is your season wrap-up, the Purple Bow is on the 2021 Minnesota Vikings season. I hope you didn't mind the show itself, the first segment anyway. Hope you don't mind it. Hope it's okay. Uh, you enjoyed it. Let me know if you can. And we'll be back to talk about the future for the Minnesota Vikings. Now let's put the past in the past. And let's head towards the future.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Segment number two. Time to look at free agency and mock drafts and possibility directions where the Vikings could be headed going forward. Possible cuts, possible this, possible that. Let's get to sporttrack.com. Sporttrack.com. We'll look at the Vikings salaries and such. Of course, citing who we're looking at and all that. So, obviously, Kirk Cousins cap hit going into 2022, 45 million plus, <laughs> 166. Daniil Hunter, 26 million. Adam Thielen, 16.9. So, Thielen's going to have to restructure or probably say goodbye, unfortunately, which is going to annoy some people with me saying that, but it's just a reality, a situation that we're looking at right now regarding the Minnesota Vikings and the possibility and the likelihood of having to say goodbye to some some of our favorites. Some guys, you might have their jersey, you just might be a huge fan, he's like your all-time favorite Viking at this position or that position or one of your all-time favorites. One guy i got to be pretty certain is gone. He is, what is he, the seventh biggest cap hit on the team at 10, $10.5 going forward. Michael Pierce is gone. Um, at least I would think so. So that's $10 million saved in that case. 5% of the cap. Again, Kirk Cousins, 21%, 21.5%, excuse me, of the cap. D- virtually double of what Daniel Hunter is making. Well, not virtually, but close. Close. Daniel Hunter, 12.5%. Ridiculous. Adam Thielen, 8 plus percent. And again, 16.9 cap hit going forward. It's a restructure or not a ghost for him. I mean, it is. They're not going to keep Adam Thielen at that price. And also considering how Adam Thielen, as good as he is, and he's a favorite target of Kirk Cousins and many other quarterbacks. He's the Chris Carter, basically, of the Minnesota Vikings. Whereas a uh, young man, uh, Justin Jefferson's the Randy Moss. But yeah, Thielen's the Chris Carter, the old reliable, the, you know, the end zone. All he does is catch touchdowns, that kind of guy. That's Adam Thielen for Kirk Cousins and other quarterbacks. But $17 million a year, I don't think we can go forward with that cap hit, the current cap hit. Uh, his base salary is $12 million. Uh, Kirk Cousins' base salary $35. But, of course, again, the restructure and the dead cap, $45 million. Something's got to give there. Conversations are ongoing about a contract extension possibility, possibly long-term, but things are just not there. So, I don't know. If Kirk Cousins is continuing to demand over 35 plus a year, I think you have to say, that's it. It's over. Either suck, or, suck it up for one year with the $45 million cap hit and uh, have a bad season, basically. Not a very good season. Suffer through the $45 million cap hit. See what happens here and there. And um, then just let him go as a free agent. Otherwise, there's possibilities with trades, this and that. Um, ongoing possibilities there. Carolina supposedly, supposedly laughed at uh, the Vikings are like stories of the Vikings and Kirk Cousins and all that, but supposedly. So it's just another reporter reporting on another reporter. Um, so, so that's all it is. It's just reporters kind of like trash-talking each other in a lot of ways. Um, a team that's definitely emerged as a possible suitor for Kirk McClutchiton, okay, I'm just kidding, is the uh, Indianapolis Colts as they have moved on from Carson Wentz. Apparently he was not good in the locker room, not a good leader, blah, blah, blah. He's just not that good in general. And uh, they have moved on, that being the Colts, so they need a quarterback right now because they got draft picks in return. It wasn't quarterback for quarterback. Carson Wentz off to the Washington Commanders. Commander Data, Commander Rika, Commander Jody LaForge, you know, guys like that. But uh, regardless, Commanders or Commander this, Commander that, Mr. Carson Wentz will be a quarterback of the Washington Commanders going forward. Yeah, it's formerly known as the Washington Redskins and the Washington football team. They've settled in on a name that is uh, a cool name, for the most part, 
the uniforms are lamer than the football team lamer, uh, football team uniforms. I like the, watching the football team uniforms more. Um, I just did. Uh, I'm, yeah, dead bleeping serious. You know, throw in the F word, I guess, as the angry video game nerd would say. Um, Mr. Anthony Barr, you don't have to really worry about a cap hit because it's been voided. It wasn't that high. 9.8, obviously, what's 9.8 to us? A lot of money. Uh, $5 million signing bonus. Everything's voided. So Anthony Barr is a U. F.A., what is that? An unrestricted free agent, of course. Uh, they talked highly about him, them being uh, Quasi and uh, Mr. Quasi, Quasi, because he's driving us crazy, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> they talked highly about Anthony Barr, possibly in this whole 3-4 thing, this whole 3-4 thing, as I like to call it, because you're going to need a lot of linebackers in that situation, some good ones. Anthony Barr, I don't know, um, supposedly he has chronic issues in his knee, so maybe I'm not going to be dancing on the roof dancing on the ceiling and all that to uh, re-sign Anthony Barr to the Minnesota Vikings long-term. Brian O'Neill, not a whole lot of worries with cap hit there. And he's, you know, uh, he's a tackle. Let's just leave it at that. He's a freaking tackle that actually can play. So keeping Brian O'Neill is not that uh, far-fetched. Delvin Tomlinson, old DT himself, 7.5. It doesn't hurt me that much. He was He's okay. I'd rather have him than Michael Pierce. At least he played in the freaking games. At least he freaking played. Uh, Christian Derrissaw, another tackle on a rookie contract. Doesn't get much better than that. Irv Smith still on a rookie contract. Him coming back is going to really help this team going forward. Ezra Cleveland, obviously rookie contract guard. Blah, 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 blah. A guard who played tackle in college. And he's pretty he's pretty good. He's, he's, he's all right. He's not a stud, but he's all right. Um, uh, a lot of other guys ain't getting paid a whole lot because they're, you know, rookie contracts. And yeah. So the main guys that you could be saying goodbye to are Daniil Hunter, Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, Delvin Cook, Michael Pierce, Anthony Barr. That's pretty much the uh, cutoff. One of those guys, uh, well, one of them, more than one of them is probably gone at the end of the day. That is seven players. And then you had Kirky McCutcheton. That is eight. Eight possible players that are household names that could be on their way out uh, very soon in the next couple of days, next couple of hours, next couple of weeks. Um, it is what it is. And it's, it is what it is. You can't get too close to anybody. You can't be so attached, is what I'm trying to say, to any of these players. They're reaching 30. They're at 30. They're over 30. It's not going to kill anybody. Uh, the good news is you have help at the safety position one way or another. I don't think the Vikings need to bring back Woods. I think he had some moments, but he was not that good down the stretch. He had a couple interceptions. He had three on the season to lead the Vikings, which isn't that exciting of a number. Uh but again, there's help in the in the uh, the grapevine. There's help in the pipeline, grapevine, whatever the vine it is. There's help. And that would be a guy named Cam Bynum. Really, really like Cam Bynum, what he brings. Old B.C. Johnson had an ACL and was out for the season. K.J. Osborne was a stud. They're both making less than a million dollars a year at the moment. So, you know, in the cap hit anyway. Cap hit's slightly higher than their actual base salary of 895 895 Good money. I'd still take it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'd love to have 895 right now. Cam Bynum, 825, poor guy. <laughs> but a really nice player. Um, impressed with Cam Bynum. Chris Boyd, I'm not too worried about keeping him. He was okay at moments. Sometimes he was really bad. Uh, Harrison Hand sometimes gives a helping hand. Okay, yeah, he's all right. He's all right, but he's just all right, and he still has a chance. He he didn't make anybody that depressed, that pissed off. Ole Udo is Ole Udo. I mean, <laughs> he's a backup guard, tackle, whatever the heck he is. He's a, he's, he's, he's a tackle that played guard and was okay at guard. Put him at left tackle and he was horrendous 
which is really disappointing considering, well, he is a natural tackle. He's a huge guy. Very tall, long arms, blah, 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 blah. You know, with a stereotypical guard, or excuse me, tackle, that's a very, very large individual. You know, six foot six or whatever the heck. Very tall, son of a gun. So, hoping for the best there. Ole Udo, to me, is a depth guy. He's not a starter, along with uh, other guys that have been familiar over the years. Wyatt Davis, obviously, very, very important. Important that he develops. And uh, things are different than they were in the, in the Mike Zimmer regime. No idea why, in God's name, Wyatt Smith couldn't even step foot on the field this season. I do not understand. The entire draft class, Mike Zimmer was basically like, F you, Rick Spielman, and if you're going to fire me, I don't care. Go ahead. I'm done. I give up. Screw this crap. Uh, <laughs> that's basically the vibe I got from Mike Zimmer from maybe week three, week four. It just felt that way. Duh. I'm not playing him. I see him every day. Bull crap. Well, he played Kenny Nwongwu, who was absolutely great when he did. Uh, on special teams, mostly. Special teams coach did a hell of a job. Sucks to see him leave. Absolutely sucks seeing him go to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I keep wanting to call him San Diego. But, uh, well, we, well, that figures. We, find, uh, we get a really good special teams coach after struggling for a few years. And, uh, well, yeah. It also helps having a really good kick returner as well. It makes your special teams look a little better. There's no doubt about that. Um, there is just no doubt. Garrett Bradbury, I think the Vikings need to replace him. Uh, cap hit of four million isn't going to kill anybody. I don't like. I don't like what I don't like what I saw from Garrett Bradbury. I don't think a whole lot of people did. You know, the term that was constantly used to describe Garrett Bradbury on a regular basis was he was being forklifted. Um, forklifted. Do you realize how bad that is? If you're an offensive guard. Or center, basically is what Bradbury is. Obviously a center, interior, offensive lineman. That's bull crap. That should never happen. But he was getting forklifted. That is what you've heard the last couple of years. Garrett Bradbury, to me, is not a starting caliber center in the NFL. I hope the Vikings are able to move on and go in another direction. Luckily, there's a lot of really, really good free agents in the draft. Or so here. No, not the draft. In the, uh, a lot of good uh, guard free agents and such. So, something to look forward to going forward. Some of them probably a bit on the expensive side. Uh, like Le uh, Lake and Tomlinson's probably not going to be too cheap. I'm guessing he's ranked number 11 on the um, CBS Top 100 free agents. Lake and Tomlinson of San Francisco. Brandon Scherf, the highest from Washington Commanders. So, those are some huge names out there. Definitely. Uh, those are the offensive guards and such. Offensive tackle, Terran Armstead is ranked number one. Other than Von Miller, who was one of the unbelievable linebackers, obviously, of Denver and now the Los Angeles Rams. Two rings now on two great defenses with teams that had made an offseason move recently for a huge-name quarterback and went up to win a Super Bowl. Uh, good for uh, good for Von Miller, <laughs> being a part of those type of situations. James Daniels is a name I like very much. He's ranked 14th overall. Chicago Bears offensive guard. We could have had him instead of Mike Hughes. He was there, and we took Mike Hughes. So, it is what it is. I mean, I still remember. I still see the text, because I don't know if it's photographic memory, or just a really good memory, or I'm just obsessed with the Vikings. I don't know what the heck it is. Maybe a little bit of all the above. I still remember Brent Jacobson texting me about... Uh, well, when it got to the Vikings pick in 2000, well, 20, what year would it have been? The draft, 2018 draft. So, Joey, who are the Vikings going to take? Or who do you think the Vikings are going to take? Because he, he knows I'm not an actual insider. I put Daniels. I just wrote right away Daniels. 
And then there it was, Mike Hughes. I was actually walking around outside with the draft on my phone. I, I forget why I was outside, but what the heck, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you get crazy and nervous and all that, but I had it playing live on my phone, video, and yeah, there it was. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings select Mike Hughes. Um, and I kept, I still remember talking about uh, on the draft preview that day, or a couple days earlier, that, yeah, why would the Vikings take Mike Hughes? What was the one thing we lacked that whole season, despite a great defense, was turnovers. Uh, we didn't force a whole lot of turnovers, so I, I understood the pick at the time because Mike Hughes' specialty was forcing some turnovers, getting some INTs. But at the same time, you need the meat and potatoes, you need the offensive guard, like you need to breathe. Uh, there's a reason Gerald Spring famously once said in a call that I mentioned, we need some guards. Yeah, some guards, not one, guards. If you need some guards, that means you're in big trouble on the inside, right? So James Daniels, to me, was a an essential pick, a common sense pick, and the Vikings passed on him when we had like three other corners at the time to take a guy that ended up being injured every five seconds. <laughs> so I was a little disappointed about that. Um, we did lose free agents that year as well, though, so that kind of is what that is. So, obviously, he needed a corner at some point. But, I mean, with James Daniels sitting there, that's a guy who I would have liked to have had. Would not mind one bit if the Vikings went after and got him. Chicago is, I'm not sure what they're doing. And every time they hire a head coach, it's kind of like, who's that again? You know, almost every time. Like Tressman. Tressman? Some, some guy in the CFL? Okay, I believe he was born in St. Louis Park, so that's nice. St. Louis Park, Minnesota, a neighboring city of Golden Valley, Minnesota. That's right, just south of here on Highway 100. Yeah, so literally like three miles from here, St. Louis Park and Golden Valley meet each other. Yeah, so I respect uh, Tressman for that. Other than other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> James Daniels is only 24 years of age. Uh, in the image, he looks a lot older, but he's 24 so it's a guy I would really like. Obviously, that triggered a big-time memory there because I really wanted James Daniels coming to Minnesota, and it just didn't happen. Uh, Quadre Diggs is a strong safety. I don't know if we're worried about that at the moment, though it wouldn't be bad. Ryan Jensen's a huge possibility at center. You'd have to pay a, a few bucks for him, ranked 18th. That's a name that we've heard numerous times, and there's your center, doggone it. Um, talk, uh, yeah, that uh, what they say under his name is he is a nasty, tough player who anchored the uh, Tampa Bay line. He will have a good market if he doesn't return to Tampa since so many teams need inside help. Hand raised, hand raised, purple, my, my purple horned hand, my purple with horns, hand raised is raised. Uh, yeah, whatever I just said. Um, we need Ryan Jensen, I would take him. <coughs> Pardon me, I was going to pause that, but I didn't. James Daniels, though. Um, Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. James Daniels, though, they say, yep, he can play both guard and center. Two positions where he started for the Bs. The Bs. He's also a young player, 24. Yep, which brings value. He will be signed early, and yeah, he probably will. Yeah, I'm just getting a text here. I apologize. Nice to be announcing that I'm getting texts while I'm doing a podcast. Isn't that great? Oh, well, it's better than texting while driving, though. See, I'm not going to kill myself or damage my car or anything while doing a podcast, I would hope, unless I'm doing the podcast while driving. Hmm. Well, I think I'll try to refrain from that if I can. Tyron Matthew, take your rotten attitude and shove it. No, great player. Wonderful, wonderful player. He's a punk ass, though, and I don't like him. But <laughs> if he's on the Vikings, maybe I'd like him a little more. I don't think he's going to be uh, at the top of the list, but I guess you never know. He is a punk ass. I'm just going to say it out. I don't like the guy. <laughs> but if he played with Minnesota, that'd be great. Um, 
He's a good guy off the field, so they say. Austin Corbett, that name has been mentioned many times. Offensive guard, that name has been mentioned and mentioned and mentioned and mentioned and it's been mentioned a lot. Los Angeles Rams, uh, there you go. That's like when a guy leaves a company for uh, another company, yeah, a uh, similar company, and brings, some, uh, brings an employee or two with him. Yes, um, that would be nice. That would be nice if we could pull that off. Austin Corbett, Los Angeles Rams, worked personally with uh, Kevin O'Connell at least a little bit since the offensive side of the ball, I suppose. Austin Corbett, the former center, has made a nice transition to right guard. Right guard. Yeah, because left guard, I think we're okay with Ezra Cleveland. He's not the biggest Super Bowl, or he, he's not necessarily a Pro Bowl, legendary, all-pro left guard, but he's, he's pretty good. Austin Corbett could be something like that. Uh, starting all the Rams games there the past two seasons, he was a good run blocker in their zone scheme. That sounds all too familiar. <laughs> but this, all this zone talk has given me nightmares and stuff. Uh, but he has had some pass protection issues at times. See the 49ers Week 18 game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, mm. well, he's a guard, though. Tackles are usually the main, main cogs when it comes to pass protection. Centers are kind of like anchoring the middle of everything, even though they're, I don't know, what the heck. And you have a terrible center. It didn't really help us, did it? Rob Gronkowski. There he is. Come to Minnesota. No, I don't think so. Um, if he plays, he might retire. We'll find a home somewhere. So we'll see. He's not coming here. Bradley Bozeman from the Baltimore Ravens. Bozeman. He's played both guard and center for the Ravens, which gives him value in the market. He turns 28 in November, and he's coming off a good season at center for the Rams. The market should be solid. Yeah. So, I mean, I would not mind just if we can get at least one of those guys. One. One. Maybe two to replace that uh, son of a gun, uh, Garrett Bradbury. Otherwise, you did bring back the other one. Uh, Alex Kappa is a name that's been mentioned again. Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay Bucks. 46 starts over the last three seasons, making him another young guard in the market with experience. Good run blocker who can sometimes struggle in pass protection. Well, it is what it is. We could always sign Jameis Winston, too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Patrick Peterson's a name, obviously. Um, he was okay here. He was overpriced. Um, he missed. Yeah, he just kept getting hurt, too. He's, he's good. He's not a star anymore. I mean, he was a legend in Arizona. I mean, just the name Patrick Peterson coming to Minnesota at one point in time would have been like, oh my God. Oh, 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 oh. But then it was like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty good, but yeah, he's pretty good, but there's, you know, there's obviously something missing and he's injury prone now. So to me, he's injury prone. I don't know. Um, we got to come down from that 10 figure nonsense. Can we come out for the 10 figures? That'd be great. Uh, did I just say 10? How about eight? Yeah, eight figures a year. He's not 10 figures. That's $100 million, right? No, that's a billion dollars. <sighs> 10 figures. Sorry. I, I am really sorry for my stupidity. Eight figures. Let's let, let's get up to eight figures. If we can get to eight million for one year. Okay, maybe we can talk. Even eight might be too much, but it's at least something to throw out there. <laughs> uh, I mean, he made a lot last year. Way too much, honestly. Zach Ertz is... Yeah, I, 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 yeah, he's okay. He's okay. Um, he was terrible with the Eagles for a while. Let's just move on. We're not going to sign a tight end, I don't think. I think we have a pretty good couple of tight ends right now. Brian Allen was the Rams' center. That's another one. Gosh, the Rams, all their, all their guards, all their interior offensive linemen are free agents. What the heck? Played well in their zone scheme, but at times it's just in pass protection. Well, 
you know what? They still won the Super Bowl, though. They still won the Super Bowl, and it's not like what's his name? It's you know, uh, you know, Steve Young, or or Michael Vick or something. It's not like he is. So they won the Super Bowl. He, he's mobile. Him being uh, the Rams quarterback. Yeah, I know. We all know who that is. Stafford. Yeah, but the pass protection again. Pass protection. Pass protection. Pass protect. Pass. 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 Issues with pass protection. Issues in pass protection. Pushed around at times. He can be this. He can be that. This guy sucks at pass protection. He sucks at pass protection. He su okay. You get the idea. Ben Jones is a 32-year-old vet. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee. 52 rank. 51st ranked. Brian Allen was 48th. Um. Good starting center who sells at the run game. He also started guard in his career. At 32, he's getting up in years. Yeah, well, yep. Leonard Fournette, no. Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson, but we have Kenny Nwongwu, so I'm not that excited about uh, Cordell Patterson at this stage. Wonderful for Atlanta last year. Good luck to you, Cordell Patterson. God bless you. Um, I'm, you know, Kyler Conklin is a free agent. I hope the Vikings are able to re-sign him. He's pretty good. He's ranked 56th overall. Tyler Conklin. So, yeah, in a lot of ways, we are kind of already dropping down uh, significantly from where we were way at the top there. Um, <laughs> Tyler Conklin, type of player that should uh, type of player's team should focus on in free agency. He had his breakout season last year when Irv Smith Jr. went down, showing he can be a starter in the league. He's only 26. Yeah. I mean, I like him. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone, though. His, maybe his price is just too high. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll draft another tight end again. Um, since we tend to do that quite often, actually. Um, Xavier Woods, free agency, I'm not a huge... I'm not that big on it. I'm not that big on bidding and bringing him back, but maybe. He, he he wasn't that expensive. If he'd be willing to come back... I don't know. He wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad, and he was not expensive, so I don't know. I'm guessing he's not back just because, but we'll see. I mean, it was a terrible defense last year. It was a terrible defense. Sorry. Uh, sorry, it just was. So I mean, how 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 much more can I say about it? It was a oh, it was a it was bad. It was just not real good. Mitchell Trubisky, woohoo! Yeah, well maybe he's one of those bridge quarterbacks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> trying to think of some of these other names here. No, 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 no. Rasul Douglas. That'd be interesting coming from Green Bay. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, Green Bay's defense is bad. Teddy Bridgewater, number 84. Number 84. That's a name I'd like if the Vikings are able to get rid of Kirk Cousins, but they'd have to get rid of Kirk Cousins before you bring in Teddy Bridgewater. You're not going to bring in Teddy as a backup, I don't think. I mean, you can, but I think he'd be more, I think he'd be a little bit on the expensive side, and if you're going to give, if you're going to bite the bullet with a $45 million cap in, I think you're screwed about paying other quarterbacks. Because Teddy, I don't think he's going to take like a million a year. You know, and that's about what you'd have to pay him in order to sign him. Uh, if Kirk Cousins is here and Teddy's your backup and maybe he becomes a bridge after uh, Kirk Cousins, it'd be kind of weird and awkward too. Like, yeah, I'm going to replace you after this season. I'm going to be like the, the fill-in. I'm going to be the interim quarterback until the next guy comes. You know, that just sounds weird. Um, conversation about Teddy here on CBS says, uh, he has been a starter. Yeah, well, yes, two different spots of the seasons yet. Here he is back in the market. He's a good teammate, but he seems to play too conservatively at times. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So did his coaches, by the way, when he was quarterback of the Vikings. Uh, even so, he could end up as a starter for a team in need, which maybe that could be us. So we'll see. Um, and talk, yep, yep, talk with Score North and other uh, outlets. I've been talking about uh, 
a guy named uh, Deshaun Watson. The Vikings are going to be in play with that. I truly doubt he's going to wind up in Minnesota. I can see him winding up in Seattle, something like that. I think the Seahawks moved on uh, Mr. Um, Russell Wilson because they, uh, they have some kind of a plan in place. Also, the fact that Seattle's kind of done. They're kind of done, and they're paying him a billion dollars a year, basically. So, you know, I mean, it's a massive cap hit. Massive. Hell of a player, though, is uh, Russell Wilson, even though he wasn't as good. It was weird seeing him not be as good this year, but that's how it goes. Nice jersey in the background, Brian McFadden. That's uh, Patrick Peters at number seven in the background. Cool. That's kind of nice. <laughs> McFadden likes uh, Patrick Peterson, doesn't he? Because he's got two McFadden jerseys right in between, uh, or right uh, aside of uh, Patrick Peterson. Okay, I'll shut up and keep moving. I would be interested in Teddy Bridgewater, yes. Should the Vikings uh, be able to move on from Kirky McClusterton? Really funny. Riley Reef, yeah, because it was just a one-year deal. Just a one-year deal with the Bengals. Ah, man, that, man, he was in the Super Bowl, wasn't he? Yeah, they say he played okay for them at right tackle before going down late in the season. No, so he didn't play at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I never heard his name in that. Um, they could have used his help. Yeah, Riley. Doggone it. Why'd you have to get hurt? Uh, so that's similar to what happened to uh, Mr. Uh, uh, pa uh, Patrick Mahomes the year before. Important tackles going down, and here comes everybody flying at him. And yeah, Mike Remmer, poor guy, sacrificial lamb. He was a sacrificial lamb here because we played him out of position, and he got killed, and it cost him a big, cost him a lot of money. And then winds up in Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and his name is being mentioned over and over and over and over again for the wrong reasons. Poor son of a gun. Anthony Barr suffered a torn pack in 2020, and yeah, he was off, off forever. Missed time to open last season, but he came back to again be a good player on a bad defense. He might not be the player he was a few years ago, but he could still help a team looking for a veteran linebacker who's good against the run. Yep, I mean, as long as it's not too expensive. AJ Green's like 90 years old, so he can, you know, I, I don't know. Sammy Watkins is a very familiar name. But, um, yeah, he wasn't good with the Ravens. The Ravens in general weren't good, though, were they? They were really disappointing. Um, so those are your top, top free agents and possibilities. Obviously, I mentioned guard about 50 times. Did I mention we need some guards? Yeah. Um, but obviously a name floating around is Deshaun Watson. He's going to wind up in, my prediction will be he's going to wind up in Seattle or New Orleans, I think, possibly. Um, that's a possibility. Seattle or New Orleans. Maybe even the Annapolis Colts quite possibly, depending on how ready they are. I don't think he's coming here. I just got a feeling he's not. Uh, Jeff Gladney also found not guilty. Jeff Gladney, who was cut before the season started last year, when there was all that pending court, you know, was it like assault, domestic assault, charges, uh, in, indicted, blah, 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 blah. He was found not guilty. So, Jeff Gladney will don an NFL jersey next season. Will it be purple again? I doubt it, unfortunately, because usually when a team cuts a guy for something like that, it, it's just, he's probably like ticked off at us for giving up on him and it makes us look bad also as well, um, bringing him back even though I wouldn't mind bringing him back, I just doubt it, he's going to wind up on God knows, maybe the Kansas City Chiefs or something and then get a Super Bowl ring and wave it back in our face and he'll be one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL sounds about sounds about right, or he'll wind up with the Rams you know, <laughs> maybe he'll replace that jackass that was harassing KJ Osborne, I don't even want to mention his name he pissed me off <laughs> Come on, who? Why, why are you trash talking KJ Osborne? Like, back off, man. The guy's just getting started. Like, I truly doubt KJ Osborne was all up in his face because I certainly didn't see it. But maybe I'm just a biased idiot. 
I don't know. At least Yahoo got their crap in gear during the break, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. NFL draft, NFL draft, mock draft. Looks like a, uh, yeah, what am I doing? Offensive lineman, Akeem at Wanu, not Nwangu, but at Wanu. Yeah, Wanu is uh, projected to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher to Detroit. Detroit football. Evan Neal, outside linebacker. No, outside lineman. Yeah, these are linebackers. I'm nuts. Why did I say line? No, 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 he is. No, he is O-line. I'm an idiot. That's what I thought. He's an offensive tackle. Uh, Ekwanu, and then uh, Evan Neal, also similar there, offensive lineman. He's actually, for his position, he's ranked number one, and Ekwanu is ranked number four. That's interesting. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, yep, big-time stud uh, edge rusher, projected to go to the Jets at fourth. Charles Cross, offensive line, projected to go to the New York Giants. They could use help everywhere, pretty much. But yeah, all these linemen so far are all tackles, because they're like six, seven, and stuff. So, yeah, they're all tackles. Kyle um, Hamilton, Hamilton, pardon me, safety, sixth going to Carolina. Maybe the Vikings wind up with a sixth pick in some type of a trade with uh, Kirk Cousins going to the Carolina Panthers. That'd be great because that would mean Malik Willis is, Willis is still there. Um, so the Giants apparently owned the seventh pick. Uh, CBS is mocking the trade. Is, is mocking a trade into this draft with the New York Giants to the Seattle Seahawks. Malik Willis winds up with the Seattle Seahawks. So that would mean no to Sean Watson. So maybe he goes to New Orleans. Maybe he goes to the, who knows, maybe he goes to the, what's the other team? I'm blanking on. Obviously, Indianapolis is one of them. Who knows? Uh, Seattle. Yeah, no, it, it won't be Seattle. It could be anybody. Who knows? New Orleans. Uh, Chris Olave. Chris Olave. But I think James Winston's going to resign with New Orleans, aren't they? I suppose, though, with uh, no more uh, whatever his name is, that creep that was their coach, uh, he's no longer there, so we'll just leave him alone. Chris Olave, wide receiver, projected to go to Atlanta. Atlanta has had a lot of success drafting wide receivers over the years, haven't they? They've had some pretty damn good ones. But, um, unfortunately, no championships to uh, attach those names to. Trevon Walker, sounds like a familiar guy from back in the day. Defensive line, sounds like a... Ta uh, sounds like a uh, tackle to me. No, sounds like a, a edge, but I guess he might be, he could be either thing. Maybe he's a three technique, six foot five, 275. Ahmad Gardner, cornerback to the uh, Jets, 10th. Derek Singletree, cornerback to the Singley, pardon me, junior cornerback going to the Washington Commandas. And the Minnesota Vikings select George Carleftis. Jeez, what is these funny names? But obviously a good player from Purdue. He is an edge rush, edge rush coming to Minnesota, which I guess so. That means bye-bye Daniel Hunter. And at the cap hit, the, the cap hit it very well could be bye-bye Daniel Hunter, but uh, obviously he was a hell of a hell of a player for Minnesota, and he's still pretty young. So, I mean, he's a franchise edge. So, I don't know. Um, if Daniel Hunter's staying, I don't think the Vikings go that direction, but uh, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. There won't be any Willis at the moment, and unfortunately the quarterback's are not all that exciting to talk about. Um, Desmond Ritter is the next quarterback to go in this mock draft. He'll, he'd go 20th to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who obviously are another team that needs a quarterback. That's a, that's where another place where Deshaun Watson could wind up. That's an easy possibility. He could wind up there, um, along with Kirk Cousins, could wind up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, depending on their vision going forward. And also, even if they uh, do draft Desmond Ritter, 
Don't be surprised if they make a trade anyway for a Kirk Cousins, as long as it doesn't involve that draft pick, but maybe it would. And maybe the Vikings wind up with Ritter. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Carson Strong to the uh, Bucks. That's the next quarterback drafted. Carson Strong out of Nevada. Interesting. 6'3", 226. Packers drafted an edge. Woohoo. We're happy for him. Daxton Hills going to the Chiefs. Trevor Penning to the Bungles who need an offensive line like they need to breathe. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Some people believe Kenny Pickett will wind up with see, uh, Pittsburgh because, well, it's Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, and I think they'd love that. I think it'd be fun, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, oh, God, yeah, that's the hand size conversation again. Maybe he's a fumbleitis phenom, like a uh, fumbling phenom like Dante Culpepper. <laughs> it's a larger hands on an ant, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dante Culpepper, my God. I still couldn't believe 2002. How many times that son of a gun fumbled the frickin' ball? Oh, my God. Just, just like, dude, hang on to the ball, please. For the love of God, hang on to the ball, Dante. But enough about Adrian Peterson against the Saints, so we'll try to move on from that. With that said, though, Minnesota Vikings obviously have holes up the yin-yang. They have holes here, they have holes there, holes at the guard, holes at the center. Quarterback is too damn expensive, and he's, he's you're never going to win a Super Bowl with a $45 million cap hit when he's the 10th, 11th, 12th, 14th best quarterback in the league. It's not going to happen. It's simply not going to happen. So we've got to bring the cap down somehow, some way, and pray to God we can add enough pieces to pull off a miracle of miracles, actually win multiple playoff games with Kirk Cousins as a starting quarterback in the same season, back-to-back playoff games. How about back-to-back-to-back-to-back playoff games? Then you might have a shot of, yeah, then you win a Super Bowl, yeah. But outside of that, we're probably going to have to make the playoffs as a wild card one way or another because Green Bay has been insane the last couple of years, regardless if we like it or not, because Rodgers is probably going to be insane again. Uh, re-signed with the Green Bay Packers, $200 million four years. Four years, $200 million. Back in the day, $200 million was like 13 years. You remember? You remember that? It was at least 10, 10 to 13 years. Now, four years, $50 million a year. Oh, is that all? Oh, is that all? $50 million, you know, $50 million a year. Come on. He's, he's, he's underpaid. The players should strike again. You know, the, the, the players should strike. You know, that's bullcrap. They should strike. But, well, at least Rodgers isn't one of the guys going crazy about stuff, but um, necessarily about guys being underpaid. He's not one of them, thankfully. But, um, I don't know. Yeah. Since he's the Packers quarterback, we have to automatically hate him, though, no matter what. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, but I guess I've been guilty of that my whole life, so I better shut my big, fat yap at the end of the day. Uh, speaking of shutting my yap, I think that's about where we're going to be right now. <sighs> I'm kind of surprised about the edge rush conversation, but then again, other than, yes, other than the most likelihood that uh, Dino Hunter's probably gone, which sucks. Um, but when he's healthy, God, he's like the best edge rush in the league. You know, they say position rank for edge rushers in the draft. Well, if you have position rank for edge rushers in the NFL, when healthy, Daniel Hunter, number one. He's the best. He's at the top of the NFL. I can imagine. See, and he's the kind of guy that could be pointing to his ring finger after he made the big sack, the final stop of the biggest game of his life, the biggest game of anybody's life if they play football. That's what you want to see. Yeah. When you have an edge rush at that level of talent, rather than hoping and banking on a draft pick, which could end up being the next Erasmus James, you don't know. It could be. Erasmus James was a first-round pick, don't forget. D- Demetrius Underwood was a first-round pick, don't forget. 
wound up doing absolutely nothing and making him making turning out to be a maniac. Frankly, Demetrius Underwood was a maniac, and everybody knows that. Of course, it's going back way back in the day now. Guys like Sebastian were just little boys back when that draft happened. I was already just becoming a young adult around 99. So, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you have a pass rush like that, though, just like the Rams and the Bucks? You can win a Super Bowl. Absolutely. So I'm hoping the Vikings can keep Daniel Hunter and figure something out because no draft pick is a guarantee. Quarterback, edge, whatever the heck it is. Vikings need to shore up the guards, the guards and interior line, basically, offense. That's the immediate points they need. Uh, and obviously, long-term, the quarterback... Wide receiver were fine, but at the same time, you just never know. Tight end, it wouldn't kill anybody to take another tight end, even though I, we did draft a very interesting one. So we'll see what happens. A very interesting guy last year. He didn't play a lick, so we'll see if he emerges. Last year's draft class, it's almost like you can kind of, uh, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt because that coach didn't want those guys on the field for some flipping reason uh, outside of, you know, like, you know, Crenshaw, uh, you know, uh, Christian Derrissaw. I almost called him Crenshaw. Christian Derrissaw, outside of him. I mean, that, that was a situation that was uh, odd and crazy and frustrating at the end of the day. So with that, though, again, really enjoyed uh, talking about this. Really enjoy looking at the future for Minnesota, and I'm hoping for the absolute freaking best. With that, we will take a break. We will get to fan interaction, talk to every one of you, and uh, at the end of the day, we will pass out the yearly awards and the two new Hall of Fame Purple Mafia inductees. All at segment number three. Stick around. Joey Gerald on Nebraska with my 2021 State of the Vikings review. I'll just go with the easy one for starters. Uh, MVP Justin Jefferson. Not real sure how you can go too many other directions than that. He is, uh, to me, the superstar of our team, so uh, that one wasn't too tough. Biggest disappointment? Well, there's always the annual disappointment of not having a Super Bowl trophy in the trophy case, so that's always, uh, always going to be there until we can get over the hump. But I think my biggest disappointment of this season was just how bad the chemistry had deteriorated with uh, between Spielman and Zimmer. And to watch and see what kind of a mess that Spielman kind of left our salary cap in. And I think this all, um, looking back, I really think this all started with the Cousins deal. I don't think Zimmer was bought into that at all. And I just think every year... We just took one click down until this year, just spiraled out of control, and then the wheels came off, and so there you have it. But uh, I guess which leads me to my uh, uh, biggest surprise, though. I do believe the Wolves made uh, two really good hires there. I, I'm i going to go back and say that I still think that Quasey uh, Mensa was their number one choice. Um, I think I think a lot of people thought Ryan Poles was their number one choice, and maybe he was, you know, I mean, who knows, but... I really just don't think they acted like they were that uh, disappointed. And uh, I just feel like they, uh, I think that was their number one guy all along. So, um, and then the uh, head coach hire, I was almost convinced that they would go with Jim Harbaugh. And not that, I'm, I'm not saying that would have been a bad choice, but 
And Joey, you were, you weren't at the interview and I wasn't at the interview, but we have the same opinion that guessing, you know, getting down to the end of his career, he probably went into that interview with a, uh, win now approach. Uh, we don't know that for sure, but, uh, I'm assuming that was probably the case too. And, uh, man, that's never worked for us. And I just like the hire of this younger, uh, Kevin O'Connell comes out of a good tree. Um, and uh, I, I've always kind of thought this, and I don't know if, if this is true or not, but I've always kind of thought that maybe the players respond a little better to somebody that's actually been a player. And I know Jim Harbaugh was a player too, but uh, Kevin O'Connell was a player, maybe not at a high level, but I think they can relate to him uh, maybe better than some of the players related to Zimmer uh, is what really what, where I was going with that one. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really excited with the chemistry between those two now so uh we will see how the draft goes and we'll see if they can put a, a product out on the field that's going to be consistent every week kind of like the hated packers have been able to do so um joey thanks for everything uh skull purple mafia nation we'll talk to y'all later see ya and right there was the voice of gerald Sring to open up the fan interaction segment the big big one where we get uh, the annual awards for the listeners going in as well. And Gerald String, yep, he's ready to participate in that, that's for sure, <laughs> with all the wonderful call-ins like that one. Great takes on your uh, MVP was the easy choice of Justin Jefferson. Yep, that one's just about unanimous out there, except for some of the Kirk stands, as they call them. Uh, of course, again, like you said, the uh, biggest disappointment, I can't really disagree with how you came up with that, or the biggest surprise with the interesting hire, and I hope so. Uh, and I'm very hopeful going forward as well, like you talked about uh, Jim Harbaugh not getting hired and going with the younger uh, offensive-minded coach, I think it's it's a, it, it's a good idea. I like the Vikings' chances going forward, and hopefully this is it. Hopefully this is finally the one, finally the one. As uh, the announcer said years ago, when American Pharaoh was finally the one to win the Triple Crown for the first time in you know since the late 70s, hopefully the Minnesota Vikings, hopefully this is finally the one when we get, it comes to the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, the general manager. We'll find out who the one is when it comes to starting quarterback. Unfortunately, it wasn't going to be Ted, Teddy Bridgewater, which he was the guy that year in 2015 when American Pharaoh finally ended the Triple Crown drought. <laughs> let's get that. Let's get that American Pharaoh legendary quarterback to take over the Minnesota Vikings one of these days. In the name of God, I really hope so. I. I just really hope so. <laughs> great, great call, and thank you so much, Gerald String. Let's get to uh, the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, and thankfully I'm prepared. I'm not going to be stumbling over myself when I pass out the awards. And many of you have received them over the course of the years. We just want people to make sure that it's not... Obviously, this isn't like a big thing at work where you get a big check and everybody's going, ah, and it's always the wrong person. Yeah, here it's like, come on, you know, you guys deserve what, you know, you guys deserve to be appreciated by myself and I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not somebody who's just going to give an award to one person and tell everybody bye bye I think that's BS obviously um, and of course you can't give it to everybody as well though there's there's that too <laughs> just to make it um, more worthwhile instead of giving it out to everybody that's the other side of the equation which is a little crazy um, yeah so let's go the, uh, the, those of you that retweeted the show Malcolm McSween out of California Tene, uh, excuse me, yeah, Tene Brown out of New Zealand. Vince, Vinrock Vince Germano out of Australia. Thank you so much for the retweets of the most recent episode. 369, Cousins and O'Connell. That would make this episode 370. Cool. Malcolm brought up an idea of a possible background with the Minnesota Vikings uh, sleeve. So you kind of got the trifecta of the purple, the dominant purple, 
the white and the gold and then the night you know the nike regardless of how some people might feel about nike these days but <laughs> that's okay it doesn't matter i still like their shoes i don't agree with some of the things they do or say or whatever but i like their shoes because they're the most comfortable shoes it's just kind of is what it is when it comes to that uh other people in my world would agree with that i suppose um but i think that's a really cool idea malcolm I think it's a really cool idea. I, uh, Sebastian, we'll see what's going on with that. But uh, just recently released a very interesting show, God, Sex, and Sin podcast. It's kind of like an ad on the fly. He puts up a wonderful ad for the Freedom of, Freedom of Thought podcast and kind of, you know, has talked about Purple Mafia and such on this show or on his show before, God, Sex, and Sin. Sebastian Martin out of Mankato, who is also a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer uh, on the first ballot years ago when I first started all that. Um, yeah, boy, he has a lot of good things to say on that show. Uh, highly, highly recommended on all the uh, regular applications you would use, apps, applications you would use for <laughs> the typical um, for it, uh, podcasting and all that. My mind's wandering because I better do this ad here before I do anything else. Speaking of actual ads here, uh, Vigit, V-I-G-I-T, V-I-G-I-T is the... It is an app for Android and Apple devices. It is basically fantasy betting. You can use it as a social media for sports bettors. You could post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Viget Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free to play sports book, bet free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats, there's great information on the Viget Lifeline movement where the public is betting. This is not real money wagering, it is fantasy betting. And as for Crypto.com, that is an app also. It is not a website, it's an app on Android and Apple devices highly recommended uh i understand a lot of you may be tired of hearing about crypto 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 but it's it's another way to possibly make money you are not guaranteed to win you are not guaranteed to come ahead no so anybody that's saying that is lying to you so don't listen to them <laughs> obviously you are going in with the risk just like you're going in the, in the stock market but hey if you want to you know like ride out a run so to speak like in the stock market it's very similar that way the buy low, sell high type of thing, ride out a run, make a quick profit that way, this and that. So it, it can be fun, and obviously obviously you can lose money by buying too high, and then it drops off. So it's just the way it is. Obviously, crypto is kind of in, the, in a bear market right now, but it's usually a good time to buy when things are just kind of sitting around doing nothing. That's usually a good time to buy, because then eventually, when there is a run, you're way ahead. So that's just the way I look at it. There's a link in the show description. Click on that. It'll show that I referred you, and you get $25 put in your account, and, of course, it helps this and my other podcasts as well. Let's get moving. But, yeah, thank you, uh, Malcolm. That's a nice idea there. Malcolm says, if possible, maybe a tricolor background. I was thinking along the lines of Vikings sleeve design. Yeah, and, and I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a cool idea. See, because then you cover all bases. It's just like at work where they have, uh, they call them CI cards, continuous improvement. See, it's kind of like that. That's a CI card right there. It's a CI tweet from Malcolm. I think that's a pretty cool idea actually. So we'll see what Sebastian thinks. Um, what was I saying? Sebastian, why is it just showing the people? Okay. So, what is going on? Okay. Sebastian says, extend eight. Yes. Hits your future to the previous regime's largest mistake. Great idea. And yeah, that would be stupid. Rick Rosa, he was uh, basically quote tweeting Rick Rosa who said, Quasi, Quasi, and Kevin O'Connell, I'm not saying those three letters. I won't do it. Uh, extend eight now before the quarterback market blows up. Find a trade partner. 
if eight doesn't negotiate. Extend 99 with signing bonus. Redo 19 and 22. Okay, that's obviously Daniel Hunter and then uh, Adam Thielen and, uh, you know, most of you know those numbers, who they are. Um, Harrison Smith. Resign Hunter also. Uh, P2, that must be the punter, I guess. And yeah, I'm totally not against that. I would totally be like, yeah, yeah, bring him back. Um, scout cornerbacks, defensive end, linebackers, quarterbacks at Indy. Hashtag skull. And yes, black space. I'd be Sebastian Barton was saying, "Yeah, great idea. Let's let's uh, let's latch on to the uh, other organ the previous regime's largest mistake." And and it was, Kirk Cousins got Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman fired. He did. He he got them fired, not because he was in the office of the owners pounding his fist on the chest saying, "You need to fire them." No, he just he got them fired by being too expensive and not performing, not performing. And of course, again this and that just not working they just all did not work well together i think it should be it should be a one two three i think they should all be gone before 2022 starts up next season i agree um i was saying eight needs to go uh who's going on here oh yeah i, I tweeted out uh yep because he also had another one sebastian in late february while you're waiting for the next rule mafia listen to a show with true meaning there is so much to learn from sebastian and there really is it's a really <laughs> damn good show. God, Sex, Sin podcast. Look it up, look it up, look it up, and look it up again. Sam Gupta, also out of California, says the only way this works is if it's part of a larger plan to buy time and address other areas, but how much can you fix with eight eating up so much cap? It would be a fine balancing act. Yeah, it's kind of like programming Atari games, right? Where you only have so much space to work with to make an Atari game. That's pretty much what's going on right now when it comes to managing the cap with Kirk Cousins at quarterback with this current cap hit. $45 million. I mean, it's literally like programming an Atari game. Okay, so we need you to make E.T. circa 1982 because the movie's coming out. we got to have E.T. done in six weeks, right? Six freaking weeks. Are you kidding me? And you only have this much data because it's Atari. You have, like, you can only fit, like, 4K or something. K. Kilobytes. Not megabytes. Oh, no. Gigabytes? What the heck is a gigabyte? This isn't this isn't the 24th century, you know. This isn't Star Trek. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's not the 24th. Yeah, gigabytes. Gigabytes. That's crazy talk. Megabytes? What do you think this is? A computer? Like a full, huge computer where it might actually hold, like, everything and stuff? A megabyte. Oh, no, no, no. K. You get 4K to work with. Kilobytes. Only 4,000 bytes to work with. And you have to have it done in six weeks. Get to work. And it could helped. It played its part. E.T. played its part in the video game crash in 1983. Yeah. So Minnesota Vikings uh, had their little uh, front office crash in 2021. Or at the end of 2021. It was, a, yeah, it was 2021. The big crash happened. It was the crash. You know, fans weren't, weren't excited. Probo Mafia lost numbers, which it did this year. It lost numbers this year. It lost numbers last year, too. Why do you think that is? I mean, I maybe I suck too. Maybe that's part of it. But I, of course, Purple Daily, they're bragging on and on about the greatest numbers ever. So it is what it is. Um, maybe everybody just wants to listen to Purple Daily and Purple Mafia can screw itself. I don't know. I guess it is what it is. <sighs> yeah, such is life. Such is life. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand says, I hope this is true, Purple Mafia show. Time to reset. Hype. High pick in the next year's draft, and hopefully get our franchise QB. 
Score North. Stop stop sharing Score North. They're evil. No, no, of course. I, of course not. I like Score North more than KFAN. Yes, I like Score North more than KFAN. I don't think there's even a contest between the two, to be quite frank. The only time I don't like Score North is when Phil Mackey gets a little bit on his high horse about stuff. And I'll leave that where it is. Roster moves, according to Score North. The Minnesota Vikings could be moving on from high-priced high veterans per Jason LaConfora of CBS Sports. Uh-oh, Skull. The Vikings can move from high-priced... Several executives intimated they expect the Vikings to make multiple transactions. Much of the chatter has focused on quarterback Kirk Cousins and his huge contract and massive cap hit. But in general, league sources said the new regime in Minnesota is open to dealing several of their more high-priced veterans to try to reset the cap situation, add more draft picks, and prepare for Le Fugia. I hope so, Tuesday. I hope so, Tuesday. I really, truly hope so. Um, like, hands folded right now. You can't see it. Tanae can't see it, nor can anybody else. My hands are folded, please. I hope that's true as well. I think it is. Um, if I was the new general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, what do you think I'd want to do? I'd want to do exactly that. And that does mean household names on their way out. I'm sorry, it is what it is. Household names, favorite players, golden boys like, uh, you know, <laughs> golden boys like uh, a year ago, Kyle Rudolph, everybody was so excited about, uh, you know, I think Kyle Rudolph's the greatest person ever. I don't think he was, actually. It sounds like he was kind of an ass, actually. He was kind of an ass, it sounds like, in more ways than one. And I'll leave that where it is. But it does sound, yeah, that from what I hear, he was an ass, kind of. He wasn't exactly the best person ever. Oh, he's the most charitable person in the history of the world. Yeah, if you had multi-millions of dollars, I think it's a little bit easier to do that, actually. <laughs> doesn't mean you're the greatest teammate. It doesn't. Like, Tyron Matthews is an ass. But he's, he's a charitable guy who was up for the man of the year and all that stuff. So, it is what it is. Adam Thielen, I don't think he's an ass. No, he does not come off like an ass. But he uh, is very expensive. So it is what it is. Let's go on. Uh, may have lost a couple more listeners for what I just said, but that's how that goes. Sebastian was asking a jersey sleeve, and it's like, yep, and I showed him, yeah, the image. So, yep, that's the end of the Twitter account for now. Nothing from Mad Martin, unfortunately. I do believe he said something uh, earlier. Nope, it was just about the, co the colors of the background. He, he voted for purple. I'm leaning that way, too. I just wish that the, didn't, I was just wish there wasn't a purple shade to the entire uh, image. That's the one concern I have there. I don't know why I did that, actually. Purple Mafia Show, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. I'll get to the Facebook page, and then we will get to the annual awards and the two Hall of Fame inductees for the class of 2022 for Purple Mafia. So, the Vikings are hiring Rams pass game coordinator Wes Phillips as offensive coordinator. Yep, which was, a lot of us are feeling all right about that for sure it's another young guy which okay but we'll see Leland Albertson says yep Minnesota Rams and then he's rolling his eyes yep <laughs> I feel you Leland a little bit that's how it goes though I mean just like Tom Thibodeau the, the Minnesota Timber Bulls and the Minnesota Wild were the Minnesota Devils like New Jersey Devils with Jacques Lemaire at times um, and then when Paul Fenton took over as general manager it was the Minnesota, it was the Minnesota Predators, <laughs> the Minnesota Predators, yep, and then with uh, Mr. Bill Guerin taking over, it's the Minnesota Penguins, yep, yeah, I mean, there are a couple of former Penguins on the roster, uh, like last year was Ian Cole, and uh, what was the other guy's name, I forgot the other guy's name, he was born in Hartford, Connecticut, he played on the Penguins, they won a cup with the team, 
1617. I think they won both of those years with uh, those teams. I think they were both on both of those teams. Uh, Bill Guerin was assistant GM. So that kind of stuff's going to happen. Nick Bugstad was on the Pittsburgh Steelers, or Penguins, pardon me. See, football. Stick to football, right, Joey? At least on this show. Check out Brave the Wild, though, if you can. Minnesota Wild podcast. Dave Hickey says, I don't know a lot about him, but he grew up in pro football all his life with his dad and grandpa. Bum. Yep. Yep. Wade Phillips, Wes Phillips, Bum Phillips. Both NFL head coaches, so I'm sure he picked up a lot of info from them. Denae Brown says, starting to remind me of when Thibs traded all his former Bulls players to Minnesota Rams coaching staff. Yep, see? There's Denae. Yep, the Minnesota Timber Bulls. Yep. So, yep, that's how me and Denae first met. was through Timberwolves Explosion. That's the other podcast. See, another shameless plug. I apologize if I'm getting a little too crazy. Uh, the Purple purple Timberwolves Explosion Brave the Wild Freedom of Thought. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, it definitely was a Timberwolves Bulls, though. That was the worst example of it. Because it was everybody, almost. I mean, my goodness, you might as well have brought in... Uh, I don't even know. I'll stop. But it was silly. I mean, yeah, Joe Kim Noah was on the list, but he was just so done. He was so burnt out and finished that that one didn't happen. I mean, it was weird. Derek Rose and and uh, uh, Taj Gibson and and uh, I forgot the other ones. There was like two or three more guys. It was ridiculous. It was funny. Let's keep going. And the team, yeah. Oh, Jimmy Butler, of course. That's the biggest of all. And we had the greatest team ever, and we got beaten five games in the first round because we were winning now, you know. Boy, that's a real win-now approach. For further proof that win-now approaches don't really accomplish a whole lot unless you're really, really, really fortunate. And the guy you're bringing in is, like, the, the real deal. Like, we're talking greatest player ever, possibly. Like Tom Brady to Tampa. Hmm. Gee. Okay, let's move on. Mike Zimmer, okay, from Phil Mack, he says, Zimmer complained openly in coaching meetings about Cousins, and some of Zimmer's top lieutenants echoed the sentiment. Zimmer didn't feel the quarterback made enough winning plays, and that didn't elevate his teammates. Interesting stuff from Chad Graff. Uh, shots fired. Mike Zimmer openly complained about Cousins in meetings, and he claimed didn't make enough winning plays. Well, I can't disagree with that, really. Anybody that watched the games the last four years, you know, that really, really analyzes and sees what truly happened would be able to tell you Kirk Cousins is not a winner. Uh, Brett McCarthy says, who cares? We got a new coach, younger staff, kind of excited for this fall. Me too. Jerry Hicks, St. Louis, former Minnesotans, but moved to St. Louis, says kind of kind of tough kind of tough to make constantly uh, winning plays when you're scrambling for your life constantly on third and nine. Yep. So one of those, maybe the spell check kind of like went crazy on you on your phone. I think that's happened to me one too many times. <laughs> it has. And today he says, I think there's a lot of blame to go around over the last two seasons. So, yep, with you. Yep, good takes, guys. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, my take on that is I kind of agree, but Zimmer didn't exactly help. Zimmer didn't make winning plays either. Zimmer did not make winning plays either. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know. And, of course, Kirk Cousins did elect to check down more often than he probably should have. And that's not going to help you win. They were all kind of the same that way. They're the kind of people that would, you know, like uh, Phil Mackey used to make fun of uh, former Minnesota Twins general manager Terry Ryan. Like, he was so vanilla. Like, he's the kind of guy that all he would order when he goes out to eat is a plain cheeseburger. Plain. Like, no tomatoes, nothing on it. Just, Just a bun, a burger, and cheese. That's it. Maybe some ketchup and mustard. That is it. And then... Rumors were that somebody did find, uh, see Terry uh, Terry Ryan 
at a one of the one of the burger places. I guess I forget what it was. Five Guys and Fries, and it was plain cheeseburger. So that's funny. That's funny. Um, <laughs> ended up being a true little uh, slate at uh, Terry Ryan. It's just too vanilla. And me, that's Mike Zimmer and uh, Kirk Cousins. You know, the Pizza Ranch and the cute little, you know, <laughs> rocket ship, you know, fist pound, whatever. It's cute. It's it's just real cute. Okay, Dave Vicky says, I'll say, okay, so this is the MVP one. Let's get to where we need to be. It's state of it's time for State of the Vikings 2022. Please mention your 2021 Minnesota Vikings MVP because it's probably my biggest surprise and why. Dave Hickey, well, that leads it off. Now that baseball is back, we can talk about people leading off again. Leading off, the second baseman, Chuck Knobloch. Okay, sorry. That's back in the good old days when the Twins were decent. Well, I think they were at the beginning of Knobloch's career anyway. Anyhow, Dave Hickey says, I'll say JJ for MVP and maybe Kendricks on D. Uh, okay, yeah, but Kendricks on D, yeah, defensively for MVP. I, I thought, yeah, I mean, I, I still love him. A lot of people were talking about he dropped off this year. A little bit, yeah, but I thought he was pretty good generally. Biggest disappointment, all these one-score losses, blown leads at the half, and losses at the end of the game. Pitiful. Biggest surprise that Zimmer never seemed to play rookies when Diggs and Jefferson were both studs and Blake, and Blake Lynch made plays every chance he got. And the fact Zimmer never got better at play calling or timeouts or substitutes and he couldn't take blame for anything. I'm very, and you should listen to Coach uh, Chris Finch of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He was mad at himself for not playing um, one of the young like guards off the bench. Uh, Jalen Noel. He was mad at himself for not playing uh, Jalen Noel more. He was like, that's a mistake I'm not going to make again at the right place, right time. Like, whoa. Sounds like people are dropping, like, weights. Okay. Anyhow, I'll continue. <laughs> that freaked me out. I apologize. That scared me. Um, I'm very excited for the new regime to take over and hope they can get things turned around fast. There's going to be a lot of changes this offseason with all these free agents they signed on one-year deals. Spielman really made a mess. Great shows recently, Joey Weichen. There's lots to report on it. Thank you. That They were a lot of fun, Dave. Uh, that last show was fun. I hope this one's fun, too, for you. Mike Dale, get, get yourself ready for something. I think you can guess. Justin Jefferson was the only ray of light <laughs> this past season, even as he was shouldering the lion's share of the pass-catching and double-coverage load with Thielen out for most of it. That said, the whole defeatist attitude that permeated throughout the entire team and the overall negative morale and mental fragility, oh, I love this, <laughs> rot and afraid to lose mentality rather than fostered a drive to win. The main culprit responsible for this obviously was Mike Zimmer. People talk of toxic player. Ah, see, now I'm screwing you up here. I'm sorry, Mike. People talk of toxic players that destroy locker rooms, kill morale, and create divisions amongst the squad. But this is what happens when your toxic actor is the head coach. Since the loss to the Eagles in the conference championship back in 2018, his negative attitude and demeanor has steadily continued to spiral further in a downward trajectory that ultimately killed the team's aspirations and cohesiveness. True, you could say that his fateful pairing with Kirk Cousins, i.e. a relationship that was forced upon him, was the catalyst that ultimately sounded his and our doom. 
it, I mean, however, however, it seemed like he started giving up and knew that his days were numbered here, despite the parentheses or quote, quote, what am I talking about? Not parentheses. I forget what even what you call that now. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Uh, he says, despite the blip of the last gap, Rudolph touchdown, wild card win against the Saints in 2020. So that was like a, uh, yep, that was a uh, an exception to that. Since Spielman thrusted Kirk upon him, he was, in reality, a glorified defensive coordinator, caught like a deer in the headlights, not having a clue how to deal with parentheses. That's what the word was. <laughs> What's wrong with me, man? Spielman, yep. Okay, since Spielman thrust a Kirk upon him, he was, in reality, a glorified defensive coordinator caught like a deer in the headlights, not having a clue how to deal with an offense, a limited, intellectually stunted, charisma-lacking quarterback, or even place kickers, for that matter. He was the proverbial fish out of water and didn't act responsibly or in a mature manner when thrusted into this situation. He had one game plan, that became stale and easily predictable and didn't know how to change course when it started to fail. Parentheses, sometimes spectacularly. Despite many games of this past season, KJ Osborne and Kenny Nwangwu were my two delighted surprises during this season. Yep, feel you there. DJ Wanham also rekindled a little hope that he might progress into a decent defensive lineman as he was starting to play better towards the tail end of the season. Yeah, he actually led the team in sacks with eight. Interesting. Brett McCarthy says Jefferson's the MVP. Disappointment Zimmer. All the way things went down at the end. That would be a surprise. Jeff Froyland. Jeff Froyland. Out of Iowa, says. And Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota. Jeff Froyland says MVP Jefferson. Disappointment was Zimmer. And that defense biggest surprise was the kicker. So, yeah, Zimmer and the defense were the biggest disappointment. Yep. He started a little rough at the beginning of the season, but seemed to be clutch after that. As a Minnesota fan, I always hold my breath when the kicking team comes out. Yep. Leland, also out of Iowa, says, and he was in the Hall of Fame last year. Welcome on board. Yep. That's great that he, yep, great to have you in the Hall. Leland says, I would say state of the Vikings right now is unknown or more like unproven. Still have a B-plus quarterback, a C-minus defense, a lot of free agents, and one of the best receivers deciding on retirement. Yep. Yep. MVP is the owner getting rid of Zimmer and Slick Rick. Biggest disappointment would be not being able to snag Harbaugh and make this team a dynasty. Interesting. Interesting thoughts there. Looks like he got some replies. Leland had the fire yep, going like, mm-hmm, like, yeah, I had to say that part. Still a dumpster fire, he says about the Vikes. Still calling them a dumpster fire, are you? How dare you? How dare you? Okay, I'm sorry. Vikings Jeff Glandy found not guilty of assaulting women in 2021 reports and unfortunately no comments on that one. There's comments on another one. Yep, Insider hints at massive changes in Minnesota. So I yep, made sure that was on Twitter and Facebook. Mark Carlson will wrap up fan interactions, the fan interaction segment so we'll move into the rewards. Mark Carlson says... Well, you can't deny that the team needed changes and has done so with the coach. The article was a good read. I'm always concerned about letting one or more of our veterans go. If we do not change, we will be stuck in the same mediocrity. Yeah, I mean, we have to. We pretty much have to at this point. So, that is fan interaction. And now, we'll pass out the awards for this episode as well. Well, Mike Dale 
<laughs> Mike Dale's going to get the gold for this episode. <laughs> yeah, because that was an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable comment. Unbelievable, like, little article there that was written. That was beautiful. Just beautiful. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Gerald Spring Silver with a great, great calling. Um, uh, man. <laughs> and I think uh, Dave Hickey should ring in the bronze. Wonderful. Um, I hate denying anybody. Yeah, Dave Hickey, awesome comment as well. Um, I hate denying anybody's stars, but yeah, those guys are the store of stars, at least for this particular episode. So now there's the, there's the stars for the episode. Now it's time for the stars of the year. All right. Well, here it is. Your bronze star of the year. It's going to be three people. Tanae out of New Zealand. Leland out of Iowa and Dave Hickey out of Iowa. Bronze star. So very generous in my sense of uh, getting three people <laughs> the bronze star. There will be two silver star winners. Time for those right here, right now. The winners there are Gerald String out of Nebraska. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. And the gold star winner of 2021. is none other than back-to-back -back winner Mike Dale. Mike Dale is the first ever back-to-back -back Gold Star of the Year award winner in the history of Purple Mafia. Congratulations. Now, Mike Dale will be <laughs> a back-to-back -back Gold Star winner. It has never happened before. Usually I resist the temptation to do that because people have deserved it in the past. I, I have to say it, but... I mean, it's just been just those the way that that those writing skills have brought something of a of like incredible value to this show, and I think it's so much fun. I, I really enjoy those. Uh, I'd like to hear you call in sometime, but hey, if if the writing, if if if, if you're going to write with those type of skills and that type of passion and emotion, and uh, <laughs> and quite frankly, the the creative wordiness. I just love it so much, Mike, and uh, congratulations, back-to-back -back Gold Star Winner of the Year Award. And now, it is time for the Hall of Fame Class of 2022.
It is a song of victory, a song of excellence, a song of greatness, a song one day we hope will be played as the Lombardi Trophy is carried up to the podium with Minnesota Vikings head coach (laughs) Kevin O'Connell, owners Ziggy Wilf, Mark Wilf, Kwesi, Andolfo Mensa, and starting quarterback, whoever it is, and purple, gold, and white is coming down from the sky with that beautiful confetti. One day we hope to hear that song with Lombardi being presented to the world champion Minnesota Vikings. But for now, that song represents two new Hall of Famers joining in the Hall of Fame class of 2022. The two inductees will be Jeff Froiland out of Iowa. Longevity, consistency, support of this show. You've been wonderful, Jeff. Uh, Wonderful to have you on board in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Jeff Froiland, congratulations. You have been a wonderful, wonderful member of Pro Mafia for years. Uh, And Iowa is a gold mine when it comes to Pro Mafia listenership. I just appreciate you guys so freaking much. I'm one of these years, I think I'm going to give the state of Iowa (laughs) a Hall of Fame induction for Pro Mafia, and I think it would be appropriate. Uh, Iowa, I love you. I love you. You make me want to say, go Hawkeyes, go <laughs> go Cyclones, whichever one it is. Whichever one you support. A lot of you support the Hawkeyes, but I'm sure some of you support the Cyclones. There's even Northern Iowa as well, the purple the, the purple uniforms there as well. They had a nice run in the NCAA tournament years ago in, ho- in uh, hockey. Not hockey, in basketball. That was fun. I was rooting for them. Um, at the end of the day, but the state of Iowa, man, you guys are great. Uh, Jeff Froyland, thank you so very much. Thank you so very much. Um, And now, the other member, the other guy joining the Hall of Fame, it should probably be obvious, considering the circumstances, and that would be back-to-back Gold Star winner Mike Dale out of New York, uh, the state of New York. Mike Dale, congratulations. Welcome to the Purple Mafia Hall of Fame for the class of 2022. Mike Dale, unbelievable writing skills, unbelievable passion for this team, great support for the show. Just thank you so much. You are incredible. Uh, it didn't take long for me to, to get you in here. I basically made the decision a year ago because and I figured uh, Jeff Froyland, it was time as well, about a year ago. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, seriously, though. It, it it's like last year was so um, amazing, but it's like uh, I can't do it right away. And you know, there's other people that have been around for so long. Mike Dale, I think, has been around for a long time, just wasn't visible. Those of you out there, again, further proof that some people out there listening right now might be Gold Star Hall of Fame type people. Uh, not that you aren't Gold Star every week. A lot of you truly are, but I'm just saying like guys that could get in the Hall of Fame really quickly <laughs> if if you just come forward and introduce yourself and interact with the show. I would love to hear from people more and more. Uh, Mike Dale, though, again, thank you very much. Um, I believe he's the first person out of the state of New York to be entered into the Pearl Mafia Hall of Fame, and I believe you'd have to be. Uh, there's quite a few Iowa. There's one in Nebraska. There's New Zealand. And um, yeah, it's uh, there's Minnesotans, of course. Um, certainly one from Mankato. <laughs> Brent, and then Brent Jacobson. There's a, uh, at least three in California. South Dakota is one of the wonderful... Uh, gold mines also for Pro Mafia guys like Tony Coleman, uh, Brett McCarthy. You guys are legit. You guys are legit. Just, I mean, I, I appreciate you guys so freaking much. Uh, that's why I still do the show. I mean, uh, the team could have driven me away years ago, 
not because I hate the team, but because it's frustrating and it's depressing. And I don't know who's dropping like 100 pound weights in the basement, but holy crap, it's scaring me. <laughs> what the heck? Boy, I better start pumping the iron myself again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to actually be in good shape, and I could be again if I get off my butt and do so. Did a lot of walking today, but I need to do a little more than just some walking. You know, takes a little more than that. Walking is the most casual exercise you can come up with. You know, anybody can walk, but I suppose, well, maybe not anybody. But with that said, you guys, just thank you so much for the support you've brought this show. The Mark Carlson's forever. The, the Gerald Springs forever. Sam Gupta, Sebastian, Brent Jacobson, who I, haven't, who I don't hear from anymore, sadly. Um, I don't know what happened to the Mayor Henrys. They vanished off the face of the earth. I don't know if they got sick of the Vikings or they got sick of me or what. Or a combination of both. They hate football because of all the politics thrown in there nowadays. I, I don't like that either. It almost drove me away from the NBA, personally. It, it's too much. Um, and all this subtle, like, all, all the subtle little this and subtle little that. Those of you that, uh, you know, are aware of some of the other little messages that are sent in commercials and all that. It's... I don't like it. It's New World Order garbage. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, some people agree with certain things, but not with others, this and that. Other people agree with everything I'm saying. Others agree with some of it and blah, blah, blah. But that's just the way life is. That's just the way life is. Uh, but I'm going to keep trying and trying to keep bringing this show out year in and year out. 14 seasons doing Purple Mafia. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Am I announcing my retirement today? Probably not. <laughs> I haven't even inducted myself into the Purple Mafia Hall of Fame, have I? That's interesting, but I don't need to. I guess I'm just kind of already the owner of the, of the show, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> but I suppose commissioners of leagues get into Hall of Fames, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe I shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because it's, it's just it's already my show anyway, so that would be kind of like tacky, I think. But um, at the end of the day, please do write a positive rating for Purple Mafia on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, uh, Spotify, you could put star ratings. I don't know if they let you write. Uh, Audible, they do. But uh, those of you that have, thank you so much. And that's another way for, you know, that's another way to get a, a quote-unquote vote or two to get in the Hall of Fame. Let me tell you, because I know Jeff Froyland has done it and uh, Leland has done it. Uh, you guys just thank you so much. Mark Carlson, um, many of you have done it. Dave Hickey. So, um, Gerald Strain, guys like that. Just thank you guys so much. And the incredible interaction, the incredible phone calls by Dave Martin, Gerald Strang, Tanae Brown has done a call in or two, and his calls are so good. More of you can call in. I mean, more, go ahead and do it. Brent Jacobson, I really miss your call-ins. I really do, um, with that said. So don't be afraid to call in, and the way to be able to do that, for those of you that uh, haven't really thought about it yet, and maybe you're new to the show, and you're like, yeah, I want to do what Gerald did today. Well, it's very, very easy. Just open up your smart smart device, we all have it, just like my nice new <laughs> Samsung Galaxy S22 Plus, and I know it's not a plug, it's just for fun, because I like having, I don't know, it's a nice new phone, I enjoy it. Um, just open it up, there's free voice recording applications on every smart device on the planet, whether it's Android, Apple, or God knows what. Mostly Android and Apple, I would think, at this point. <laughs> there's not really Windows or Blackberry anymore, is there? Like Windows, that, that just kind of came and went. Just like the Microsoft Zune. It was actually not a bad MP3 player. And then it's just gone just like that. It's weird. Weird. Um, for Google, it's just pretty much Google Podcasts on the device. You don't, yeah. There really aren't iPods anymore anyway. Because the software and hardware on those were pretty crappy, to be quite honest. So it's just, you just use a 
what I did was I got a smaller, cheaper iPhone called the iPhone SE, like the newer version of it at the time, 22, one made in 2020, and used that as an iPod. That's the way to go. Why plunk down four or 500 bucks on something that's got an inferior battery, inferior hardware, inferior, 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 and it's a piece of crap, and it's garbage in like a year, instead of getting something that's actually strong and good quality. That'll last you forever. So, well, last you a while anyway, until you get the next SE like a couple years later or something. You get a newer version of it a couple years later. But uh, at least you get better quality out of it that way. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm just being weird. Open your smart device. Use the voice recording application, app application. Press record. Start talking into it. Treat it like a phone call. Hit stop. Convert it into, uh, excuse me, hit stop. Email it to me at paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I do the converting. It takes one second anyway. On zumzar.com with a Z, you can convert files of any kind on that website for free. Unless it's like a huge, huge thing and you need to do it all the time, then you can subscribe with them. So with that, now that I'm done plugging everything on the planet, you know, in Golden Valley, we have Benihana's. Okay, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wish I could make some money right now. That'd be great. I could sure use the money to be quite fair. It'd be nice to do something fun instead of, uh, you know, working in a freaking factory. But with that said, I'll leave that where that is. Talk to you when I talk to you. It shouldn't be too far away. Free agency's coming right up, and I'm sure there's some news on the horizon, and we'll get to it when the time comes. Until next time, take care, God bless, and go Vikings.